You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, it's Tom. Um, before we get back into uh, part two of the year in hardcore 2009, we're going to take you back to 1995. Um, we have a premiere by the Connecticut Legends Cornerstone. Um, in 1995, they put out a record called Beating the Masses on Lost and Found Records, um, a label that we've talked about on the podcast at length. Um, the record has been out of print for a very, very long time. And Static Era is reissuing the record digitally this Friday, 10-1, with vinyl coming next year. Um, the record is remixed and remastered by Zeus, who's worked with Hatebreed and a bunch of other bands, and it sounds awesome. Um, to me, this was a classic record of that time and really kind of brought back the youth group feel to hardcore. Um, me and all my friends left this record back then, and we're, you know, it sounds awesome. I'm very psyched that it's coming out. So, shout outs to Cornerstone, shout out to Jay Reason. Check out the record on Friday, um, wherever you can stream music. This song is called Don't You Ever Say You Were. Oh, I who come and go A million for a different configuration Like the play Big seconds of new me What's all you need? No What's all you need? to grind the hardcore podcast that is currently living in 2009 i'm patrick i'm bob and i am tom and we're 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 back at i don't want to make it sound like a grind fellas but uh 2009 has not proven my favorite year so i'm going to make it light joke about it being a grind but everybody i'm actually enjoying myself we're talking music uh let's uh give a quick shout out to sponsors and then dive back into the shits all right guys big shout outs to death with shank boom close casting activities <laughs> to live a lie who 
and today's featured superstars run for cover records. Guys, in 2009, Run for Cover released the Man Overboard Dahlia EP. Probably won't okay. talk about that too much. Uh, the Fireworks, all I have to offer is my own confusion. Um, oh. So that was something. Um, the Transit Stay Home EP. And, um, oh, Agent Awaken Their World. Like, low-key, if you like Long Island melodic stuff, you should probably hear Agent. Um, that's true. They did their thing. Fireworks. Went on to become part of Somerset Thrower. Oh, that's right. Just throwing it out there. Fireworks. Don't blame it on the ocean floor and acoustic seven inch. All right. We'll see about that. And um, a little record called Title Fight The Last Thing You Forget. Have you guys heard of that band? <laughs> yeah, familiar. In passing. Yeah. Um, Run for Covers put out a ton of awesome stuff over the years. Um, diversifying their lineup, the uh, portrayal of guilt, Christ fucker LP is coming out uh, very soon. Have you guys mm. seen this? Have you heard about this? You seen this? Yes. <laughs> yes, sure. Yeah, thank you. Um, yes, it's it's yeah. What a title! So, have you seen that some of the retail copies are going to have a slip sleeve that only has the ST from Christ fucker? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll Just be s- self-titled, you know? And then you slide the sleeve out, and oh, Christ fucker! Oh, shit. I thought you were saying it's a, it, like it, it was Chris fucker. And that, oh, like that it was, takes out the T? Yeah, then that was acceptable. Like, it's all right to be Chris, the Chris fucker, but for the Midwest, we said, no, 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 no Christ fucking. Yeah. How many families are going to bring that home for a holiday gift and be like, you sons of bitches? You know, I, I've said it here before. I think I bought my sister the Berries, Berryland LP from Run for Cover. I think this Christmas, it's going to be the uh, the Christ fucker LP. Just like get like 10 copies, just hand them out. Hey, to the mailman. Merry Christmas. That's Christ fucker. Um, so, uh, thank you to run for cover for being a longtime sponsor. Shout out guys. Let's get back into 2009. We are going to pick up our pace. Like we tend to, because we need to, we need that energy, more stage dives, more stage dives. Kids like us, the game. Okay. Uh, a thing that was a thing that nobody acknowledges is, was a thing was a thing. Uh, hardcore for metalcore kids basically Uh, and honestly so different than i anticipated for everybody that doesn't know uh kids like us had uh the type of imagery that was uh, ugly shirts i I don't even know how to like what how do we describe this um ugly shirts uh goofy goofy bright colors purple shirts bright colors print um cartoon imagery but sonically sounds somewhere between down to nothing and a fast version of the Mongoloids. I don't know with, without Greg's vocals, something like that. Yeah. Moshi. yeah. I thought it, I th- it was way heavier than I thought, but it's definitely like raccoon on skateboard sh- imagery, you know, maybe eating puke out of a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is like cook that, mo- you know, like you ever see like that cookie monster flat brim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Cookie Monster hat flapping. Uh, but, 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 all that said, this band was fucking huge, huge and especially in the South, uh, yep. and would play, and kids would go fucking bonkers. Bonkers. Yo, do, bonkers. do you guys remember when you could be a regionally big band by playing every town in your region? 
Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was it was a tried and true t- trick for a lot of bands. It, it's uh, I kind of miss that. Uh, it, it, don't get me wrong. There were some bunk ass fucking bands that came out of that style of uh, uh, of conducting themselves, but it. Uh, I don't know. There's there was there was a charm to it, and uh, I kind of miss it. Right, you didn't need to be like a national act. You could just be like the band that all the national acts wish would play your show when you come to their town. Yeah, the South and the Pacific Northwest both uh, specialized in these bands. Own that, but I wonder if they were geographically land like they were locked in, so they had. That's to. exactly it. You get some of that, but I mean, think about this. Both of you guys know this, Tom, just from playing all these shows, Patrick, because you were in yep. a place with this. New Jersey had this. There were bands who were big in New Jersey who weren't drawing a lick three states away. Yep. You know what I mean? Sure. Like doing big numbers in Jersey, selling out venues and, you know, toss them across the Hudson or the Delaware and things were not the same. Um, so, uh, okay. Kids, that was kids like us, but fun, hardcore. I get it. I get why people like it. Uh, never did it for me, but they were certainly a thing to witness. Uh, the Mongoloids assorted music. Fuck man. You want to talk about a moment in time. Uh, I liked the, I always thought the Mongoloids were a super underrated live act. Uh, I thought they were, even though certain iterations of the band were just a sloppy fucking barf mess, it was still always entertaining as hell. And I have a lot of affection. I've talked about a lot about it a lot. I don't know if I've ever in my life chosen to put on a Mongoloids record, (laughs) but I kind of like this this time through. You you need to listen to Time Trials because it's better in just about every way. More personality. Greg's more wild. The songs are catchier. Uh, this record's fine, uh, but Time Trials is just better, flat out. This is yeah. It just there's something about like I don't gravitate to vocals like this, but for something, some reason, there's something to his voice that I love. Same. And I don't know what it is. Like if this was, some, I don't know. Like there's very few bands that sound like this, and I go, "This is it." But this is just—he just—it's a lot of fun, but not in a court and not in a quirky way. Not in a like self-reference. Like, uh, isn't this funny? I don't like comedy. <laughs> I, think I hate comedy in my hardcore, but they're great. Um, all right, Kingdom, the Rage that Guides, guys. I thought Kingdom was a vegan metalcore band. Uh, they're vegan. They're not metalcore, even the slightest. They're not metalcore. They do a fucking Reagan youth cover on this goddamn. Right. Yeah. Fast hardcore. Uh, uh, maybe yeah. maybe it could be a little faster for me. Uh, maybe I would have done some different production decisions. It didn't totally pull me in, but this was straight up just hardcore. And I don't know why I always thought it was vegan metalcore. Because when you hear vegan, you automatically, not you, I'm saying the royal you, like the general sure. you, yeah. you hear like vegan, you go, oh, it sounds like fucking earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like there's very, how many bands do you go like, oh, this is like a, like mainstream regular hardcore band that has vegan, you know, kind of lyrics. And stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare. We could ask Davin, but I think like a primary influence is coming correct. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, it's not metalcore. It's definitely something different. What is coming correct? I, see that. <laughs> I don't know. It's making its way back. okay um next up um i want to give a shout out to the other record that came out this some of this stuff was on um eulogy recordings uh living hell the oblivion lp um came out in 2009 uh this is 
better than the LP on Revelation. So, um, yeah. and I think it might have, I don't know if it got overlooked, Living Hell, uh, Craig Mack, a bunch of Connecticut fellas, um, did an EP that came out on A389 and then Locking Out, then did the LP on Revelation, then did this LP with Eulogy, and this is their best record by far. Metallic Hardcore in the integrity world, but maybe you get a little bit more into the ringworm style stuff here. Um, I wish this is the record that had come out on rev. I think this was the better of the two LPs, but um, shout out to shout out to living hell. Um, I don't think they'd got, they did pretty well at the time, but certainly uh, this is the most anyone has talked about living hell in a long time. in in my estimation, so them and fear tomorrow kept integrity in the fucking conversation for a long time yo fear tomorrow is the og integrity core band you know uh, i mean yeah name namefully so but you know clearly <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh next up is a little ep by a band we've referenced a few times terror the rise of the poisoned youth ep um i did not know this existed no until today until i listened but you know what though they have a formula mm. that is so dialed in that even if you like, if if it, the song it may not hit you like Keepers of the Faith hits you, or fucking overcome one of the like the the huge songs that they have, it's always just so w- well done. This is like they're like fuck, they're like the ACDC of hardcore. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that it's like no matter what, the songs are fucking good. You know what I mean? Like they'll put it out a twelve song EP or a twelve song LP, and they'll you know maybe two or three songs make the set list going forward. But like it's ne- you're never going like what the fuck is going on here? It's just kind of just. I mean, they have their own style at this point, but like I think I feel like they're just like just always good. So there's there's a certain quality that's always just at, at least listenable at the at the at the very worst. No, that's not wrong. Um, is the damned ashamed? This is a question for Looks both of you. Um, yeah, the LP that comes out 2008, and this is an EP that comes out the following year. But the damned ashamed LP came out the year before, and then Keepers of the Faith comes out in 2010. Is the damned ashamed every bit as good as Keepers of the Faith, just less well marketed? I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's good, okay. But Keepers of the Faith, like so, yeah, because there's, there's a couple tracks on Keepers of the Faith that are are very setless bangers, yeah, stick yeah. tight, and um, and, keep, and, and, yeah. and obviously, I mean, the title last, track. The title track is the fucking last song they always play. Yep. Um, apart from even like just like the the iconography that they well, use that's the, that's become, the thing I know. thought. I think the cover of the damn the it's hard to say. Yeah, isn't it, it's like dull colors that maybe. You know, I'm just kind of theorizing because listening to these tracks, I'm like, oh, this is this is like, you know, there's there's terror records in their discography that get overlooked. Is that a is that a fair thing to say? Not being fair, dickhead. Okay. Yeah, there's just so many. Yeah, right. Always the hard way. I think kind of gets. No, not always the hard way. Is it always the hard way? No. no uh, I guess the damn shame. There's one. Well, regardless, the damn the shame is one of them. Uh, listen to these songs because they're nascently from that record um you know i i was it's it's terror doing terror so uh as we've discussed already on this one 
it's in a lot of people's DNA. So here's the OG doing it. Dude, they have 10 LPs. Yeah. Yeah. 10. <laughs> and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine singles. Yeah. Wait, how do you, it's a, something's going to get lost. Pretty, pretty busy career. Jesus. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Here we go. We're kind of in the Reaper section. So next up is Naysayer, Richmond, Virginia. Moshers. Uh. Yeah, I, th- I so this was really, I think, my first true naysayer listen. Uh, I understand. Say you. I understand where this would, if this was your local, this would really pop for you. But I felt that this recording did not do them justice. I thought that this would have sounded pretty, pretty good if it was big, uh, but it sa- sounded like v- very. Uh, it was stuck in a uh, Folgers coffee can for me, so I, I was not interested. Uh, I like this one. I thought Naysayer was kind of uh, the band that probably should have inherited the crown from Down to Nothing and like even Brace War for the Richmond band. Um, and I think they did in a way, but uh, this record's their best material, I think. And I like I like the overall thing. I don't production doesn't bother me. It's moshy. Uh, hits the right way and i have to be honest hits a lot harder when you're not doing the 2009 listening because it stands out a little more has some some breakdown elements he's has some like good stuff with a decided hey this is from 2000 the late 2000s feel as well so of the crop i think it's one of the best yeah all right i mean look we're about to go into some that like i'm I'm not going to give this away, but I might be like noticeably quiet during a couple of the upcoming ones because <laughs> I, I can't think of a fucking positive thing to say. And they say, I could say if it was recorded better, I'd probably be with it. Mm, okay. Sure. Uh, death threat lost at sea. Oh, sorry. Sure. I mean, I think death threat. They're almost to me like terror. Yeah. Like if you like, you like death threat, you're going to like you this like death threat. Yeah, like they're they're never like it's always well done, you know. No one in hardcore sounds like Aaron. True. Like you could put that dude on a fucking on on a, on the Transit Acoustic EP, yes. And you go, ah, it's Knuckles. Like holy shit! Like what the fuck's he doing on here? Um, but I think yeah. I mean, I think these songs are cool. Um, yeah, they've kind of found their sort of niche. Um, which isn't probably like we had mentioned, like was kind of comparable to um, to Death Before Dishonor. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I, th- yeah, but I mean, I think this, you know, to me, Death Threat stands out. I think they're they're a great hardcore band for sure. Okay, uh, let's keep it moving. Forfeit the lower depths. This Rochester, right? Re- no, uh, Syracuse. Syracuse, Syracuse. That's right. My big. Uh, when I said Naysayer was recorded in a uh, Folgers can, I, I no, that's incorrect. That was recorded in, in at least a normal sized bathroom. This was recorded in a Folgers can. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Forfeit. Uh, lower Depths uh, had a moment. Uh, felt very of the Definitely. time. Uh, never stuck on me. Felt like they could have. This was a band yeah. who you saw the shirts a lot at the time. Sure. Toured a lot. Toured a lot. Yep. I feel like they were like, you know, another band that we're going to talk about, Backtrack. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were out on the road all the time. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, this is cool. That's fine. Uh, maximum penalty, life and times. This is their return to the fucking the world. Is this this is probably as big as they'd ever gotten? Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, I have a soft spot. I love ma- all maximum penalty, except for that one. That one record, <laughs> maybe independent. I think that record kind of sucks. Okay. Is that the one with the Scott? There's like songs with like that have like Scott parts that I was like, what are we doing? Um, but I think like the '89 demo and fucking East Side Store. I think they're fucking awesome. Um, I think this is a really good record. Uh, but I think this brought them into like, you know, t- touring. You know, doing a week with Trap Trapped in the Right. Sure. Like when they were they they were just like the like New York hardcore band, and that that this record got that a lot of people that outside that bubble into them. Well, they became more like, than the Demo '89 band, right? You know, and like not that they yeah. didn't have they had other they stuff, had other stuff that, since, but, yeah. but I think, but no one gave a shit. Nobody gave a shit, and then this record kind of really pulled them in. My only qualms with Jimmy this, Williams, yeah, it's a long record. It's a very long record. Some tracks though. Yeah, how many? Let's see. Um, one, two, three. Yeah, and I think Jimmy Williams has an amazing voice. Affy's a great guitar guitar player, great songwriter. Let me see. Let's, how many songs are on here? Give me one second. And Ray from from uh, One for One and Agents Man and Busky. Three, four, five, What's it? One, two, three, four, ten, five, six, seven, eight. Fourteen nine, songs. It's a lot of songs. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Feels does not feels apart from this era because production choices are different, and you can tell that they're not just doing what a lot of the other crowd. So there is a way if you were doing the 2009 listening with us. Max Penn feels fresh when it comes on. And that's Fact. Really, yeah. Really, that matters. And Jimmy worked in a, he, yeah, he, he's he's a studio guy. Mm-hmm. He works in his soul like that. You know. Obviously, yeah, he knew what he was doing, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Dude is in nausea. How about that? Hey, break. Okay. Um, Play drums in nausea. <laughs> uh, trapped Under Ice, secret, Secrets of, Trapped Under Ice, Secrets of the World. Uh, okay. Uh I like this record from Jump, but I think an honest person yeah. would have to say that it was a disappointment uh, for those of us that were like super pumped on Stakehold. Uh, it is a good record with f- three to four fantastic songs. So I don't know how you knock that, but given that they did uh, Big Kiss Goodnight and Stakehold, both of which are all timers. Uh, I think that this is kind of not as strong by comparison, even though I quite like this record. At the time, I almost fell out on TUI from this record, despite the fact that I liked a couple songs, because it felt big, it felt long. It was because Stay Cold and the demo are like so concise and just tight and to the point. Now, years later, I really like this material. Really like it. Really, really like it. So, um, shout out to this record. Sea God is just an all-timer. Yeah. And uh, oh, the song at the end, Against the Wall, is the other one that I'm like, yo, this song, people should people should give this some more respect. There's other hits. I mean, Believe, Gemini, like, come on. Yeah. you know. I think you this would be served by cutting, like, two songs off it. Fact. Two or three songs off of it. That's then- a good point. I mean, look at these songs. It's like T.Y. is a great fucking song. Gemini, mm-hmm. Believe, Seek. It's like there's so many fucking great songs. And then, you know, and then obviously, like, they get into their, like, Big Kiss Goodnight is a pop record compared to this. Yeah, that's right. 
Do, you know what what I mean? are, where are you guys at? Are you big kiss goodnight over uh, Secrets of the World? Oh yeah, I go back and forth. You go back and forth, Pat. Yeah. You're you're all in BKG over this. I mean, every uh, just about every song on that bangs. Whereas this, you have to like this has high highs, but you got to pick them. Um, I think that this is a very heavy record, low key. Like I don't know if it gets that uh, those accolades for being like a genuinely heavy record. This is a heavy record. Uh, I don't think that that every song like tom said you could cut three nobody would be mad nobody the band wouldn't be mad yeah yeah i I mean i think that proves out because there's i think there's the tracks that are still part of the rotation are like highlights of the set yeah so so you see it um that's a good point tom i I didn't think about that exercise with this record you chop Two, three, and all of a sudden this is like, you, you, like right. you just it's unfuckwithable, you know. You're both looking at this record in a whole different way. With if you cut a couple of songs off of there, yeah. Like if you cut like fucking like Titus, uh huh. Maybe the Vortex, and you're you're looking at this record in a different way. It might be too short for an LP, but I feel like there's so many fucking bangers on here. <laughs> I, I agree with that. But um, yeah. All right. Um, we've talked about Trapped Under Ice a lot. We could talk about them more. It is. Hard to explain how important they were in 2009. They were just like so on the money and great. And I don't know if Pat Flynn has said it on here. I feel like he did when he was on, but Have Heart did like a weekend of shows with TUI, and it was one of those like, oh, okay, yeah, this is this yeah, is what it is now. A, okay, yeah. you know, well, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, this is it's it's we can't understate how important it is. We're we're not trying to breeze through it. We're just trying to do uh, four hours on two thousand nine hardcore and keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. uh, mindset, real power. I love mindset. I think they're the best of this genre around this time. Yeah, um, undoubtedly, I, I would say undoubtedly the best. I I don't uh, I. Th- What's the one after this? Uh, the LP after this, I like, and yeah, you uh, like it a lot more. Yeah, leave no doubt. Leave no yeah, doubt. leave no doubt. And and great record. And great record. Even though that's just an extension of of what they're doing here and what they always did, I like that better. This is cool though. How come this appeals so much to people outside who are who fall who definitely don't have any true like Tom? You've got love for for youth crew and all that, but but you know, yeah, but yeah. but Patrick, you don't. But this this connects with you more so than a lot of stuff in this larger uh, world. I'm saying it's the vocals for Pat. What's that? Say, wait, what Tom said? I'm saying it's the vocals for Pat. Yeah, vo- vocals matter for sure. Uh, Brian Murray, occasional guest and friend of the, the podcast, believes that you can drill. He thinks that Mindset's a, a superior youth crew band, but he thinks that the reason that they win over all of competition is because they were the best in show live during that time. Yes. And he stands by that. I only saw them once. Uh, I, so it's not necessarily that for me. I think that I got into that. Uh, was it leave no doubt? Yep. Um, yeah. But never leave no doubt. Cause it's profitable to be in no doubt. Even in 2021, Definitely. I would stay, stay, I would stay, in totally stay no doubt, stay yeah, in no doubt, stay in no doubt forever. Um, even if I was dating a woman in no doubt, and then we broke up and it was a little awkward and she was with this really handsome guy in a big band, like sometimes in our fucking uh, uh, dressing uh, room playing festivals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. I would still stay in no doubt because there's a lot of money. No, in no anyway, uh, the real power is staying in doubt, no doubt. Yeah. So, so I, I think that, uh, that last record, uh, 
this band had an attention to detail and a quality control that their peers did not have in my view. And that's all the difference. Cause I don't think they're doing anything. I don't think they're doing anything significantly different, you know? No, it's just really, 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 really well. Yeah. Tom, I was at the show that Pat saw a mindset. Really? I think it was Rainfest. We all played together. Oh yes. That probably is exactly it. We were supposed to go get tacos and you never met me. Oh shit. Is that real? I I got them texts. Fuck. Wow. You, I don't even know if you watched indecision, but end of a year, definitely played. Fuck. 2009. It might've been this year. Really? Okay. I'm pulling up the, I'm going to pull up the lineup. Is this, it was us and disembodied and saber two zombie one night and terror the other night. And like the ghost inside play. Sounds right. All right. In Tacoma. Before I moved to All Seattle, right, I got it right here. Let's see. Let's see if it's 2009 or 2010. Title fight played. Let's see, um, I th- before they were like think gigantic. We might be 2010. I'm looking at the Rainfest 2009 lineup. Shout out to Rainfest. What do we got? Uh, festival that did their thing. Love it for a long time. Always had diverse lineups. Always made it like kind of crazy. All right, let's see here. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, come on. This lineup's so hard to decipher. Last FM. There's a reason you fucking failed last FM. All right. Um, <laughs> they had a tough because they always did a Memorial Day weekend, which always made the costs prohibitive. So this is it. Uh, well, you know what? And also getting to the Northwest is not an easy thing from not almost cheap. anywhere. Um, sure. Yep. It's 2010. Mm. 2010. 2010. Yep. So maybe that's – are you saying that's dickhead era end of year? Definitely. Standing up for tacos. Tom – did you ever get to see the first step? Yes, we played with them a bunch. Okay. They, to me, they are the only yeah. comparison to mindset, but because of the live energy and how hard they went and yeah. how tight they were and how much they went. But musically, I don't know if it would connect with you, Patrick, but it does still have this real, like, the thing a lot of bands lose when they're trying to do this kind of sound, when they're trying to do fast, straight edge, hardcore, youth crew, whatever, whatever. A lot of them lean mid-tempo when they should be leaning fast. Mm. And that's what Mindset does yeah. really well. And they didn't lose the plot on that. Even when they slow yeah. it down, Mindset it hits just harder. A little bit more intense. Yeah. Oh, you think so? Yeah. On recording? I thought they were more intense. Okay. Live. Really? Like, I think the singer in Mindset was a little bit more intense. Like, the first step where, like, everyone was jumping the entire time and the energy's, like, through the fucking roof. Uh-huh. But like the the mindset felt like it was a little bit more like this guy might have a break. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he was maybe more aggressive with it too. Okay, that's that's yeah. He was like the first step was just stoked on life. Okay, yeah. Yo, uh, great. That's a good comment. I think if you caught the first step when the singer of the band was mad, it's like oh maybe like that's. But but I think you're right. Mindset definitely had that energy. Um, Yo, I got to give mindset credit because I didn't check them out for a while because I was yo as a fan of this world so much of it failed me for the better part of the 2000s you know and uh, I did not give mindset the real time of day till later and I think I saw them in you know maybe at one of the young blood showcases or somewhere and they just put on live and it was around leave no doubt either right before or a little after and I was like, yeah, all right, this band's this band's legit. So shout out to Mindset. Um, all right, Rival Mob, Raw Life, first LP. I don't know if they were making shirts at this point. 
there was an early rival for everybody who doesn't know this, the rival mob for the first, I don't know, year, two years of their existence. Oh, that's right. Okay. The rival mob didn't make any merch. So they just play shows and they didn't have merch. They'd have tapes, uh, you know, up to this point. And then at sound and fury, 2009 drew Ferry, who was in let down. And I believe did some time in mother of mercy. Um, got stabbed by somebody like a local who was at Sound and Fury but wasn't really part of the fest, maybe was there with one of the local tables that we had them set up. Like not a Food Not Bombs, but, you know, like a kind of activist table. And he got stabbed. He was okay, but he got stabbed and it was crazy. Um Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Rival Mob was like, all right, we got to make shirts for Drew and give him the money as a benefit, I think. And then uh, then, then there was a bunch of Rival Mob shirts that would sell for dumb money because people were going nuts about them. Um, which says nothing about the music. This is uh, my favorite of the two Rival Mob LPs. I love this record, actually, upon listening to it more and more. Um I think this and hardcore for the hard, hardcore for hardcore are their two best records. This record's great. I think I prefer the second one. Oh, you think yeah. Mob Justice? Yeah, really. Yeah, because also it's speaking of merch. One of my favorite shirts ever made in hardcore was the Mob Justice shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that one where it's the cover and then on the back it's just several pictures of? Yeah, Justice it's good. It's really good. And like different it's poses, really all in the same photo. It's pretty great. Um, but I think they're yeah. I think. This record's great, but I think Mob Justice is even better. Interesting. Okay. To me. Okay, hold on one second. Um, yeah, hold on. Uh, I was okay. just yeah, I was just agreeing, but I don't actually agree. I I uh, yeah. I was like, like, what are you I saying, Pat? I'm pretty sure we've talked I'm about Googling. this length. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I I I said Tom said I like the I like the other LP, and I go yeah, and I was agreeing with that in my head. And then he said Mob Justice, and I said, oh, no, that's not it. So that, that's my input on this. So I need to give Mob Justice uh, uh, another spin. And if you feel the same as me, we all should, because there were some major production and mix issues that they recently fixed. Because that's one of my biggest issues with Mob Justice. It wasn't the music, but it sort of sounded too clean, like too upfront and sort of like, Sort of like it was almost like an unmixed version of it. I don't know. So um, I am curious to revisit it because it's not bad. Like Raw Mob didn't put out any bad records, um, no. but I like Raw Life better. Um, okay. Uh, this one's a pretty big one. Iron Age, The Sleeping Eye. It's a game changer. This was a major step uh, for the band sonically, I think, obviously, but I also think in the way that they were, were regarded yeah, oh yeah, went from being a very cool hardcore band to a very cool general interest band. Uh, and which, yes. which is very strange when you listen to this record, because this record is not for casuals. It's not like, no. it, it's, a, it's a pretty dense metal record, honestly. Yep. Uh, but people just loved, people loved the vibe. Uh, so it became kind of like a, you know, uh, the the best hardcore band on Chaos and Tejas to the uh, hey music press is here to write about us band at Chaos and Tejas. You know, on the yeah. on this record, 
I love you saying. Yeah, ca- change the vibe in Brooklyn. I know that. Chaos. Chaos. Whatever. Chaos and Tejas. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, change the vibe in Brooklyn. Sorry for stepping. No, no. I feel like, yeah. Like they Then it became like, oh, you guys are playing. Like it, They weren't playing hardcore shows in Brooklyn. They were playing like metal, like cool metal. Yeah, shows like the stoner guy shit. Yeah, like, oh, you're playing the basement of the Charleston. Yeah. Like I saw him and I think I saw him at the basement of Charleston, which is like kind of where like, you know, it, it was just a strange place. Was it there? I think it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I think this kind of, yeah, this broke them out of like only the only the core folks knowing who they were. So it was initially released, I believe, uh, like self-released on Cyclopean, which is Jason Tarpey's label. And yep. uh, then it was released on TP. Right. That just like so people that know, actually tracks. Yeah, that's a big that's a big label at the moment. Uh, now, I, I've, anybody who uh, can track down the actual owners of TP, let me know. They have uh, Alakazam. They're gone. Magic. Um, though they Tony TP. I remember. Yeah, that but they they've got there's sort of, there's some weird stories on there. I'm not going to get into, but they're still active. But got it's it. big metal, not big, but metal label. And then it was recently re released by Twenty Bucks Spin. Which is also like twenty bucks. Spin's been doing big shit, and is a label that matters on the metal side of things in a big way. Um, you know what? Really like this record. Uh, Constant struggle has more of what I want from Iron Age. Like I can mosh to that, you know. Yeah. But I do like this record, and what I I think is cool is that it's like yo, they could have followed up Constant Struggle with their version of what the Chromax did from Age of Quarrel to Best Wishes. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we're going to write a record yeah. that keeps our foot planted in hardcore and all that, but but like leans into more of the metal, but still, you know, mix, still keep it keep it mixed. And they were like, "No, let's 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 do our thing." And and went in a different direction. I think that just as much as the sound is cool on this record, it's the growth, and that's the part that um, that I am sad that we didn't see what their third LP would have been like. Because if you've gotten the chance to hear the Saga demos, they're doing something really different there. Um, so I think their third LP would have been way different than either of the first two, and that would have been kind of fun to follow. So um, Band means a lot to me. This record means a lot to me. Constant Struggle means a lot to me. Um, we didn't talk about it much when Wade passed, uh, but that dude was brilliant. Incredible guitar player. Um, sure. Incredible songwriter. And uh, he's he's very responsible for this record. And I mean, not to, not to take anything away from the rest of the band, but... Um, sure. Uh, this, this, this band, I mean, obviously, they, they meant a lot to everyone, so... Um, Shout out to Iron Age, uh, R.I.P. Wade. Um, I mean, so to stay in the sad time of the uh, podcast, Power Trip, Armageddon Blues. This is Power Trip's, like, to me, this is the opening salvo of, like, yo, 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 you guys thought we were just, like, some, like, pretty good hardcore bands that's doing threat. No, no, check this out. We're we're right. fucking legit. And right. it lands. So they were pretty much always dope. This is That's what this shows you. Yeah, I mean, they did. What do they have? They had like a little seven inch before this, I believe. Um, like demo. Yeah, that's right. They had the demo before this. That's good. But Armageddon Blues was like, nah, nah. 
is not like that. <laughs> um, right. Asking this question broadly, but for both of you guys, is there any band who's impacted hardcore more than Power Trip sonically in the last five years? I'd be at a loss to think of it. No, yeah, nothing I can think of. I would last twenty years at Seven Tower, right? And and maybe you throw in and there's a few when you stretch it to twenty, but the last ten, it's harder for me. I was listening to the um, One Scene Unity comp, the volume two, right? And yep. there's bands in there who casually have like fast picking and metal riffing and crossover type stuff that doesn't feel intentional. It feels like it's just baked into the DNA now. Like I think that hardcore as a whole has just kind of shifted a little bit. So uh, that's all power trip in my opinion. Okay. Um, RIP Riley. Mammoth grinder. Uh, I think you can this tell one we're in the me- Texas section uh, extinction of humanity. <laughs> Uh, when I was complaining that every band uh, gave us 30 seconds of feedback, I think this band gave us a full minute of feedback to start. Uh, after that, I liked everything I heard. Um, yeah, I, I, very good. Um, if you think this is a grindcore band, you are... It is not. Yeah, you're incorrect. Um, it's heavy. Heavy, fast, but but they get to dirging too. So, um, Yeah, this is cool. I mean... Um, Turned off by the name. Mammoth Grinder. Yeah, because you would assume it's like some weird fucking yeah. It's like so good. It's so good that you. Yeah. Su- yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't love the name either, but it it's uh like if you just saw the name, you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna pass. One hundred percent. Yeah, heavy band though. Uh, on the other side of the mammoth grinder coin, uh, hatred surge deconstruct. I don't know if you guys get to to this one. Um, great. No. Uh, Heavy, maybe a little more punk, a little more strain to it. I really liked this record when it came out. And uh, yeah, like big appreciation. This is the Texas rock block. So if you like any one of these bands, you should at least hear the others because they're all kind of intertwined. I believe members of Hatred Surge and Mammoth Grinder also are in Power Trip. So, all right, uh, let's keep it moving guys man that's got sad um this is hell the warbirds ep warbirds didn't know didn't know it existed uh it is uh i don't care for the art kind of put me in a state of mind um describe the art to somebody who's listening to a podcast and not watching our video okay um we don't have any videos by the way so go ahead uh Picture a uh, a child who has uh, not been watched. Uh, uh, like like you had to pick up the phone, and you have a one and a half year old that's kind of like working around his way around the house, and mm. then you find him and he's in his diaper, and there's shit everywhere. Mm. Are you sure one and a half year old? Me, this looks I- like an outtake from like. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Go ahead. Hmm. That's all right. <laughs> looks like. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I forget. I don't even know how to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> you should give a, a more uh, accurate of it because Patrick well, just be, being a dickhead. It was just being a dick. If if you got uh, Tom, how would you describe it? 
Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. To me, it looks like an outtake. It looks like um, an outtake if There Will Be Blood was done in the style of the Tonight Tonight Smashing Pumpkin. Oh, yeah. Yo, yeah. see? You Accurate. nailed it. <laughs> Accurate. Um, so so Pat doesn't like the art. I'm looking at the art right now. I'm not. I'm not offended. This is fine. This is cool. No, it's fine. Um, to me, this... F- These dudes put out a lot of stuff. Yeah. They were busy. Um, Very busy. And I think we've talked about this is how they were. They had a moment, you know, and absolutely. I don't know where it most popped, but it feels like it popped hottest for them a few years before this. Yeah, I think that's accurate. You know, and, so and I, it's not, you know, not not downplaying it because I think they moved into a world that was different because they go from trust skill. This record actually comes out in between. And uh, this one comes out on Think Fast, but then they're on Rise after this so yeah you know there you go okay yeah they made moves played a lot of big tours money moves um they do warzone cover and an excess cover have you ever heard two have you ever anybody cover warzone and an excess no um there you go staying on the island we got regional here after we were doing labels we went regional capital blind faith ep um three song ep by capital which features Tommy Cargan from Silent Majority. Yes, and uh, this is following up the Signal Court and Homefront LPs. Um, two songs and a Dagnasty cover. Melodic, Long Island, Hardcore. That's Is it a touch? Look, it's a Tommy Corrigan band. If you yeah, haven't heard... Right, with the guitar player from Iron Sheik. Right, Rob. check it out. You should check it out. Yeah, you'll like it. If you like either of those bands, you'll you like it. You will like it, yes. Yes, yes, yeah, 100%. Here's the thing I have to ask. We're doing Incendiary Crusade now. Are they Long Island or are they not Long Island? They're Long Island. Okay, okay. They all originate. Now, they're all city folks these days, but they're Long Island. Not all of them. them? Good for them. Probably just oddly. Oh, the rest of them are Long Islanders. Do you think they rep for the Islanders, the, the hockey franchise? Uh, yes, I never can fi- figure out like what like are I they don't like hockey enough to figure out <laughs> the delineation is. It's like if you're like an iron worker, are you strictly Rangers? Are you a, right? You know, like how the Mets are like more working class, and the Yankees are like like that's where like people bring their fucking yeah their rich clients. This, this, yeah. this is a mischaracterization, but go on. <laughs> is it? Is it? Because I feel like. <laughs> You don't see a lot of people like that actually live in the neighborhood where the Yankee, where Yankee Stadium. Oh, that's that's a fact. But I, I know quite a few uh, uh, Connecticut, uh, Connecticut oh, Mets, Mets fans. fans. That's true. That is true. It doesn't mean they got money. <laughs> I've been to Waterbury. Yeah, off. that's a fact. Yeah, it's uh, what is it? Um, Bridgeport. There we go. Um, yeah, taking the ferry, yeah. scraping together pennies to get on the ferry. Um, get over to City Field. Uh, Incendiary Crusade, first LP. You know what? I, yeah, you know what twelve I was years ago, 
sounds a lot like incendiary. <laughs> like I was, yeah, I, they didn't get their groove yet. No, I don't know. I, no, I was they honest, didn't. You're totally right. I was honestly expecting it to sound much more distant from what I know incendiary to sound like. And I didn't think it was that far off, but yeah, you're probably right. It wasn't no. groovy, but it, it uh, they, I was surprised. Well, not even groovy, but like they have, they didn't hit their, like, like Stella got her groove back. Incendiary oh, didn't get stride. the right yet. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Like you could see where they were going. Just like a lot of the records that we spoke about earlier and on last week. So like, it's like, Oh, oh okay. This is the way you're going. You're only going to get better from here. Exactly. Mundo. They play a song or two from here still. Yo, uh, listen to this. I, I actually found myself, I really like the song Anesthesia. Kind of faster incendiary track. Yeah. And they've got a mix of, I mean, it sounds like incendiary, uh, metallic, hardcore, um, some faster stuff, and then some chunkier stuff on here too, which I think it's sort of like when you put something in a blender and you use one of the lower settings and everything mm. isn't fully blended together yet. Oh, yeah. That's Crusade. Um, when it's uh, salsa, it's probably cost of living, and then milkshake <laughs> is thousand miles stare. Okay, all right. The blender settings ratings. Um, okay, uh, next up is going out west, rotting out, vandalized. First rotting out EP. Mm. Pre uh, singer Walter. Yeah, this is cool. But Walter definitely made yeah made a huge. Yeah, difference. I tend to think so. Yeah, this is good. This is really good. There's nothing wrong with it at all. But like, I think that Walter just brought a different personality to the. Could family. we say that 2009 is nothing wrong with it at all? For the most, For the most part. part, yeah. I'm sure there's some things you'll have some some things to point out wrong. <laughs> I think the difference between this and Street Prowl is pretty extreme. This feels more in the kind of like modern hardcore outbreak, trash talk. We're going ceremony. We're going fast and there's some break parts, but like, you know, and by the time they hit Street Prowl, they kind of found this like, hey, we're doing all those things, but we also have a little bit of a skate punk edge and we have a front man whose personality is blasting off the uh, off the recording. And that's not to diss the vandalized material. I think there are people who love no. it. And it's it's got a lot of personality. It's just one of those things where when you have a singer whose personality becomes kind of part of it, it's it can be it can be it can overshadow the early material with somebody else singing. It's like when, when Patrick took over singing for the Smiths. It's just not the there same. You go. That's right. You know? So it's better. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh Skin like iron, all human feelings, all human failings. Same thing. Uh, I listened to it. I didn't know what to make of it. Okay. Okay. Patrick? I listened to it, and I get why it's got uh, local legend status. Uh, I thought it was really good. Where are they from? California. Okay. And yeah, did these guys go on to anything? Oh, so that's right. Um Toast from Ceremony was in this band for a minute. I don't know if he's on this record. He might be. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I think he is on this record. Oh, Free Cake. That's really funny. Um, New Jersey label, I believe. Free Cake Records. Yep. Um, yeah, this band kind of dark punk, but you could tell. So, Patrick, do you want to take a stab at explaining what was going on in the Bay Area in the late 2000s? 
can you? Oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm qualified at all. Um, who, who was around? Was that so, peak so ceremony? It's peak ceremony and peak trash talk. Trash talk also had an EP in 2009, which was the East of Eden Son of a Bitch single, which I think is their first uh, self release after their LP. So, okay, so title LP. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of the a lot of the United States, particularly the places with less of their own defined identity, maybe uh, no disrespect, uh, was all looking in that direction because uh, peak ceremony and uh, trash talk in f- like full swing. That's everybody wanted those crowd reactions, you know. Everybody yes. was chasing those. So, <clears throat> uh, a lot of bands tried a lot of things that they weren't capable of doing. Uh, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know who else was popping in the Bay. So, so you have, that just seemed to eclipse everything. So I think you, you have the fading of the rivalry record scene. Oh, sure. Yeah. But rivalries from the Bay area. Um, you had bands who were more straightforward, like lights out who, you know, didn't make it that much. Didn't make it to 2009. Certainly. I think they made it maybe 2007 ish. Um, Allegiance, similar thing. I think they might've made it to 2008. Uh, you had the Gilman stuff that was always there. You had to look back and laugh, never healed skin like iron kind of uh, tread the line with some of that kind of stuff. Then you have the stuff that predated trash talk and ceremony, the like duck hunt. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a big topic. All teeth uh, was around this time. And that band members went on to do spiritual cramp and uh, uh, culture, uh, culture abuse. abuse. Thank you. And I'm sure other bands, but you also have the Sabertooth Zombies. Uh, Sabertooth Zombie is a, and I've said it like it's plural, but no, Sabertooth Zombie, the Sabertooth Zombies of the world, uh, who were like a local phenom in California. And I think found fans when they toured, they just didn't tour that much. Yeah. And Skin Like Iron, kind of same thing there. I think they did a split with Never Healed uh, too. So there, there was a lot going on in the Bay. And it's sort of like they hit, a hot point where like rivalry records did a fest for a while up there. All those bands were doing big. So the shows were just getting big new kids, different scenes. There were little pocket scenes. So it was sort of like in a way, and I, I wasn't there. I wasn't a resident. So I'd love to hear somebody who's from there. Talk about it. It was their making a scene moment, you know, like New York had a few of these, but certainly in the mid eighties, 85, 86, 87, all of a sudden there were like four or five different scenes all popping, popping up at once. And there's other places that you see this stuff happen, but in San Francisco, in the Bay area, in Northern California at large, cause you, you got to include Santa Cruz. You got to include, you know, uh, Sacramento area, the, the weird suburbs around all these places. There were all of a sudden all these kids doing bands. So, um, skin like iron largely in that, in that mix as well. I thought it was much heavier than I remember and uh, pretty fucking good at what it's trying to do. It's just, it's not integrity metal. It's uh, no. a little, it's even like a little bit scummier than that. Uh, I liked it. Thought it was hard. The band Sabretooth Zombie, as referenced, had two releases, the Midnight Sessions and the And Your Fathers Are Dead in the Ground record. Mm. Uh, both released in 2009. Uh, this band... Uh, upon listen i uh have low rated it they have a lot going on i don't know that they totally nail it for me but it makes sense to me how popular it was 
in the moment. It, this was like a thing. Yeah. There, there is no doubt. I, I dated a woman that would put this in her top five hardcore bands. I uh, loved how irreverent it was. And that is truly its defining characteristic. Yes. Uh, it's, you could say quirky uh, and mm-hmm. obviously your mileage may vary on if quirky makes you mad. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, but I would go with just, uh, okay. So there's bands that don't take themselves seriously and I'm irritated because of their lack of quality control. And they're like, they're like, don't give a shit attitude bleeds into the music in a uncool way. Mm-hmm. This is a much cooler way than that. So uh, I think that this is cool. It was irreverent um, and it was trying to do new things and it was like hardcore, but at the same time trying to felt very comfortable poking at hardcore and calling hardcore dumb. If that makes sense and it doesn't offend you, I think it did offend a lot of people. A lot of people who were like, yo, I just love hardcore. And there were people who felt like Sabertooth Zombie might have thought they were cooler above. than hardcore yeah yeah like yeah, above it. if if you're a terror i don't super know if fan, they did or not you know yeah sure if but if you're a terror super fan you might not reach for this that's right uh, i think one of the folks from saber Two zombie might be in the band spice now so there you go there you go um okay so yeah there you go uh, and and you know like these bands all like there is a very incestuous and growing nature because i think all these folks actually really liked music so when it was time to do something after their band, they just kept it going, you know? Um, also in the Bay, the band Punch, and this is their self-titled record. Um, mm. So, Pat, you had some familiarity. Do you have familiarity with this band? Uh, Post-Punch, I, I know uh, a couple members. Uh, oh, right. But, but I was not, like, a, a Punch fan necessarily. Um, that said, I think that this stuff kind of holds up better than i anticipated for faster stuff i really i thought this was some of the better faster hardcore of this time uh split release on discos welga and 65 thrashcore if that sounds right um eventually signed to Deathwish a few years later and then the band and sold after- copies i happen to know <laughs> well there you go <laughs> and the band after punch is super unison the Singer of this band also goes on to do Super Unison. So, all right. Um, keeping it in California, um, we've got the Downpresser Age of Ignorance EP on a little label known as Triple B Records. Ooh, early Triple B, right? Very early. I wonder where this is in the Triple B catalog. So, this is their follow up to their release on Street Street Sweeper Street Cleaner. Cleaner. Street Cleaner um, Records, uh, 12 inch that Todd put out. So Down Pressure, Santa Barbara, Hardcore. How about that? Yeah. Listen, listened, uh, I'll be honest, in this one, I, I remember the later Down Pressure record. We've talked about it and mm-hmm. spoken highly of it. This one did not leave an impact. 2009, no impact. 2009, no impact. Moshi, uh, pretty straightforward, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. 
Like, I mean, not to, and I don't mean that in any way. Like, I just, like, no, it's a fucking hard. Yeah, record. we're about to. They've gotten, they got better over the years. Obviously, yeah, but this is a very good song. Yeah, we're, we're going to hit a few. It's a hardcore record. Yeah, this in is the next uh, five minutes. like it doesn't fit in any weird like niche. No, you, you can you like, you can largely group down pressure with Violation uh, and a lot of what was going on in Southern California with some newer bands there. So, uh, did a split with the band Creatures, I believe. If not the same year, right in there. So there you go. And speaking of the band Creatures, they released the I Lucifer LP. Um, Orange County Band uh, did a single um, that was really cool to me. Um, yeah, and the Creatures Down Pressure Split also came out in 2009. Um, the Creatures stuff came out on Eulogy uh, and also Fine Print Records. So shout out to Madison and Birdie for Fine Print Recording. Um, uh, hardcore a little darker if you like cursed or you like integrity you should check out their ep their lp um also did a seven inch with closed casket the year after this lp so mm. how about that mm-hmm. i like this record i thought this was cool this is the first time i'm hearing it actually tom i knew that yeah name. this band was cool they they did yeah they, they did good lot. stuff and they were kind of orange county locals um pre-fury there you go did yeah. not know that. All right. Next up, um, Line of Judah. And this EP is called, why does my thing keep moving? Uh, num- Numberology EP. This is their last record. Uh, the songs are 9, 18, and 16. I thought Line of Judah was closer to give in sound than this record let on. Um, mm. This is a very hardcore, hardcore record to me. Uh, I was expecting much more kind of uh, left field sort of shit, and I didn't get it. Doesn't mean it was bad. Uh, I just kind of had a different expectation. No, Lion of Judah, hardcore. I mean, I think they got, uh, during the time, they got some shit for not being moshier and not being more straightforward. But in reality, they were like, they were like groovy. It was like DC kids hearing Absolution and saying, hey, let's try this. You know, yeah, I, 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 just, <laughs> I think I just expected more groove out yeah. of this. Maybe that was my problem. Yeah, I think the first seven inch and demo have the most groove for them. I actually think their song on the Generations Comp, the Rev Comp, is one of their best songs, and it That's has right. maybe yes. their most groove stuff. Um, and speaking of Give, uh, the Give self titled 12 inch came out in 2009, and I think this is the first proper Give record. I was a big player hater on this because it sounds like Swizz and it was like something about that offended me because Swizz is so idiosyncratic to me. It's not, it's not like something that has been mined to death, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and something about borrowing from something so individual offended my sensibilities. That said, I was in a band that was ripping off Revolution Summer stuff at the time. So what the fuck can I say? Uh, <laughs> You're like, I can only copy exact, stuff. Uh, you know what? Honestly, maybe I had some of that in me. Who knows? There's a little bit of bitch in Patrick. Just a little bit of like, oh, Patrick's being a little petty. Patrick's being a little bit of a bitch. Uh, is it 09 or 2020? All, oh, all the above. Are you talking about Pissy Patty? And the, I've, there's never <laughs> been a Pissy Patty. Pat, Patty's mood is steady as hell. Nobody can say Patty. Yeah, we had to edit a podcast from two weeks ago because you were being so pissed. I wasn't being pissed. No, I was being a little. We cut out 35 minutes worth A of little stuff. argumentative, not pissy. Uh because you were angry. This is good. Uh, this is good. I think that. Yes. 
Uh, for me, Give finds their footing. They do a series of four seven inches right after this, like 2010 and 2011. I think that might be my favorite Give material. But to be really, really transparent, I want to give all this material another scroll through because I wanted it to pack a little... I think this record hits me the most. This hit me with this punch. And I always wanted to just give me a little more energy. But that's not what they were trying to do. So... Tom, anything on Give for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they were a band's band. Uh-huh. That's what always yeah. struck me. Like, I feel like every band person I knew loved them. Yeah, I, I don't disagree I don't with know that. How, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really, really well done. It's very, very capable hardcore. And I think, again, like you were saying, like I got to give them a fucking fair shot and not part of a 40-hour fucking yeah. playlist. Yeah, I, I think I, I would recommend... Those EPs, the uh, so it's um, heaven. Heaven is waiting. Boots of faith. I am love and flowerhead. I think those sure. were all recorded. And then they also did the pedal pushing, which was painkiller, and then an, a live seven inch that was after that. But but those four, and then the fifth on painkiller, were all really good material. And uh, I think the format was hard for me because I wanted to digest. I want to digest a band like this in bigger chunks. Right, and four songs, yeah. And in my head, I always, especially back then, praise and give were the same mm, band in my head. Okay, they may sound nothing alike. No, don't, don't, don't sound head, tonal like though. It's uh, no. they might share a player. I think maybe Ian was in. Maybe that's no, why. But no. I always fucking convoluted them yeah. in my head for some, or like uh, something not convoluted, but I mix them up in my for head for sure. Um, yeah. Shout out to Gene, uh, who was in. No Justice, Desperate Measures, Line of Judah, and then Give. So, uh, yeah, Damn. shout out to him. Nice nice it's discography. Um, okay. Uh, Iron Lung, Exposed 7-inch in the Iron Lung Walls, Pig Heart Transplant, Public Humiliation, Split 12-inch. I don't think we got to the Iron Lung stuff to really dive into, but they're a band who yeah. a lot of people feel really strongly about for whatever reasons, being somebody who really likes faster stuff, or I shouldn't say I really like it, but like I have, I have a, 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 an appreciation for some of it. Iron Lung still hasn't totally caught me, and I need to give it the real fair shake. Is it because it's only two people? <sighs> you know, I think I heard, I saw them, I think I saw them pretty early on, and it didn't grab me right away. And then their output like, has been yeah. so prolific that it's daunting. Right. How do you catch up? Right. And where do I start? And actually, you know what? We we talked about this not that long ago, and people gave me a good point to catch up and start out. So I'm going to follow that. Um, but they did a couple records this year. Um, in the Triple B basket, we have the Wolf Whistle Demo 2 and live on WERS release, and the Face Reality Positive Change 7-inch. Any feelings, thoughts, or anything otherwise on those two records? I do not. Tom, Wolf Whistle is cool. Um, doing a different thing that they ended uh, up doing on the the twelve inch that came out a year or two yeah. ago. But yeah, it, Pat, yeah. Pat Flynn cool. and I believe Trevor from Rival Mob and from Brother, Brother and, and Wound Man and Internal and a lot of bands. Um, yeah, Jesus. everybody yeah. should check out Internal if you like power violence. They're the best power violence going right now. I think. I think. Um, Face reality, Detroit stuff. Um, 
Detroit stuff that I think members eventually went on to freedom and members from that went on to never ending game. So follow the lineage, trace it back to face reality, yeah. kind of an important band for the more modern Detroit, Detroit and Michigan scene. Uh, quick one, the cold world strength for a reason split seven inch. I think people might just forget these songs exist. And I think the one song, uh, the one of the two cold world songs is really good. I think it's taxing. I like that song. Yeah, they don't play these songs live no, though at all. No, right? no, no. <laughs> Deep cuts in the Cold World discography. Yeah, yeah. Um, a transfer for a reason. Fucking OGs. They've yeah, been around for Nepa OGs. No question. It's yeah. For real. For real. And they're hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wh- like how like it's just like there's they don't really kind of they're just like a fucking solid hardcore yes. band. Yes, no question. Um, Fire and Ice, Gods and Devils. You guys have both kind of decried Fire and Ice before. Did you feel differently on this listen through? Not no. not hating, no. not dissing, but just no, never no. connected. No, yeah, no, never connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, and to be honest, this is. Uh, I thought this is, that this was better than better than I. I've denigrated this band <laughs> quite a few times just because they were fucking everywhere for just three years, and it was. I found that annoying to look at every fucking flyer and feel like fire and ice. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but this was, uh, this was better than I remember. And uh, I, if they were locals to me, I, I might've gotten more out of it. I, this was still didn't connect though. Yeah. I mean, I think the majority of the stuff, even the stuff that I, I, I wasn't a fan of back then or like, None of this is bad. Yeah, we haven't hit too much dog shit, honestly. No, it's it, it, there's nothing that's like this is like this is very good fucking hardcore. But like, does it speak I, to you? you know, does it but connect? So yeah, much exactly. Of this Yo, stuff, that's the thing. We're yeah, forty something years. In, we're forty plus years into hardcore. There's stuff that connects and stuff that doesn't. Sometimes it's an intrinsic thing. Sometimes you didn't see it live. Sometimes you saw it live and it sucked. And so then, why are you going to really vibe on the recording? Ba 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 ba. Sometimes the voice doesn't yeah, yeah. strike you. Sometimes the drum sound is weird. There's a bajillion things, right? Um, like Fire and Ice, thought it was. Uh, so it's it's not all of, but a handful of the the folks who were doing the band Iron Boots. Iron Boots was a lot right. more Warzone, and then they kind of progressed and did a little bit of right. like, oh, what what would you know Warzone have sounded like if they evolved a little differently, you know? And Fire and Ice, it's not the logical extension, but they took it and went for a twist. Um, so uh, I think this stuff is good, not great, but if you like late 80s New York hardcore, if you like the Where the Wild Things Are comp, and you like burn and, and ice men, you should at least give this a listen. It might be for you. It might not. Uh, right. Brace war, the, whatever it takes demo seven inch. Um, this is an interesting one because brace war a couple years before had done an LP juggernaut. Um, oh, I didn't yes. That. And then kind of took a break took a kind of a powder and then came back with a demo, which was kind of cool. And it was the LP juggernaut LP was a little heavier, not heavy, heavy, but it was more mosh still fast, but it lost a little bit of the energy they had with their demo and first seven inch. And the, whatever it takes demo, I think really kind of tried to re to embrace the energy of that and, and largely did well i think this kind of was a, a little bit of a resurgence for them 
Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah, again, really well done. You know, when I think of this band, I think of the intro. Yes. 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 And I'm, cause just because I remember like when they were first, uh, there was some show that got canceled or whatever the fuck. And them and Foundation played like a backyard. Uh-huh. Could it have been an after show for Sound of Fear? Maybe. Maybe. But I just remember watching that video of them doing the fucking intro. And <laughs> people like, going absolutely crazy. You know, a fucking yard of like 800 people <laughs> fucking yelling. I was like, yo, this is fucking wild. So like forever, like, you know what I mean? Like that was that it. will always stick out. Like that's a, a memory in hardcore that I always remember. But this is, you know, this is, it's all fucking good stuff. It just, not there's very, there's 2009, especially in the, in the way that we're doing yes. this. It's impossible. Like, there's going to be fucking five bands that stand yes. out and everything else is going to be yeah, yes, and, and we'll get there to the standout. So, all right, um, let me give you this 6131 Records rock block right here. These are all records 6131 did. It's not all the records they did, but it was a nice little collection here. Sure. Um, Swamp Thing in Shame LP. Uh, Never listened to this because I thought the name yeah. was stupid. It's actually really good, and it reminds me of Outbreak. Yes, correct. Richmond Outbreak. Uh had some energy for just a moment, did some touring, but never got over the hill and then broke up pretty quickly. Bad Seed, self-titled 7-inch. I thought this was so cool. You, guys know, you, you know what this is, Tom? It is... Yes. It's a, it's <laughs> Title Fight, but doing manual. Right, so it's... Uh, I believe Shane? Shane, Ben, and Ned. But no, maybe not Ben. Shane and Ned... And then, um, then Rifkin, who did some time in Blacklisted, but was also in Stick Together. And then Saba. Okay, so it was Jamie, Ned, and Shane, and then Rifkin and Saba. Saba, who played second guitar in Nails, Nails right? for a long time. So um, heavy, moshy. Not beat down, but in that direction. No, not manual. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. thuddy. Yeah, good. Uh, people really liked it. It's well done. I didn't get it at the time. I still don't totally. They also did a split seven inch with War Hungry um, this same year. So those all kind of grouped together, and that's basically it. They had a demo, the split, and the seven inch. They had some song called Worldview that I really that's liked. The song that's the one that that's, that's the hit, hit. Right, people love it. So. I remember seeing them with 108 at uh, Santos. I think I told the story mm-hmm. before. They split a set. I think Cold World played too, actually. They split a set with Title okay. Fight. And literally the only difference was the guitar player put the guitar down and put his hat on. Yes, him. yes, yes. <laughs> like it was literally like I'm changing Well, because I think that, you know, if there was times when. And he was also a kid probably oh, at the point. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. If there was times where Rifkin. Probably 18 or 19. Oh, they were all before, young. Yeah. I mean. Yes, these dudes were all in that age range at that point. Um, this band mattered for a lot of people. I think it actually, because how Title Fight grew, there was some exposure to Bad Seed because of that connection. And this is sure. a band who people kind of really look back at. So it's kind of cool. I bet your reunion would be pretty big. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pat, did you listen to Bad Seed? Like I, did, yeah. I did, but it was very 2009 to me in the respect that it made no impact. Okay. Uh, I have talked to people younger than me who, when I'm like, yeah, bad seed, like it's cool. And we've talked about it on here and I'm like, yeah, you know, like they play at a handful of shows, like not, not a million, not, you know, a ton of stuff, but they played a handful of shows, did a, maybe a tour and a half or something. And, um, 
you know, it's it's cool. And they're like, what are you talking about? That band's legendary. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those like yeah. uh, rewritten histories. But again, what, what you said is right, Tom. If they played a show tomorrow, it would be a big goddamn deal. Um, yeah. Backtrack, Deal with the Devil, 7-inch. Their first EP after a pretty popular demo. The demo was quite popular. Um, this is cool. It's got a couple of hits. Welcome to the pound. Deal with the devil. Um, like again, I feel like this was a start. Like this was an era of a start of That's a right. lot of cool. It's the start. It's the start of stuff and the finish of some stuff too. So, right, right, right. This is a very big turning point in in hardcore. But like, I feel like this is cool. They got they've written much better songs since then. Yeah. Is there somebody who would like this but not like the later material? No. Yeah, I don't no, think so. Because I feel like they got better, but they didn't yeah. change. A hundred percent. I was shocked at how I was like, oh, wow, it's really just fucking backtrack, huh? Yeah, I think they yeah. kind of locked it in for that. So, all right. Um, and last but definitely not least, and one of the biggest records we'll be talking about, Touche Amore to the Beat of a Dead Horse. And this was 6131, one, huh? 631. Maybe one of the, I, I mean, I, I think almost inarguably the biggest record that 6131 did to this point, but they also yeah. did a Joyce Manor record around this time that was quite big. Yeah. Huge. So uh, th- this set a lot of things in motion. Uh, th- certainly Touche's career, but also uh, the cottage industry of bands that kind of wanted to be Touche for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Th- it's uh, just as much as bands wanted to be Trapped Under Rice or wanted to be yep. Title Fight, bands wanted to be Touche. If you were skinny, this was you. Uh, it, 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 uh, uh, still pretty good if you're into this style of music. I think there's a reason that yeah. people, uh, uh, you know, like if it gets reissued, people buy it for a reason because, uh, it still, I mean, plenty of people with tattoos of the fucking album oh, yeah. out there. Uh, great cover. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, pretty, I, pretty iconic cover. Uh, you know, I, I prefer a different touche, uh, but I get it. Uh, also these songs are quick, which is awesome. Uh, really quick in times. Um, I think that's, that's one of the things that's low key, uh, made this so easy for even really straightforward, hardcore kids to reach to. And at the very least be not offended. Yep. Was that it moves, by, it moves quickly. Um, yeah, doesn't you know, and, and, you know, like, even by the next LP, they get a little more epic and, and sweeping and it works for them. They're quite good at it, but this record like blasts by at points. So yeah, but it was the start of something big. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. For them and for the scene and for the scene. At oh large. yeah. That's, that's great. So, um, okay. Um, record that I had not given a lot of time to, um, but I wanted to get you guys' feelings on this. Last Lights, No Past, No Present, No Future. I think I've spoken about this record before in here. Long? Yeah, I yes, a long record. time ago, though, so I, feel free to dig all the way in. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I think um, the, they went on to become Mountain Men. Or Mountain, Mountain Man, Man yep. I'm sorry. Um, band was kind of like, they were from the Northeast, from Massachusetts somewhere, I think. And like they were starting to kind of get a bit of a buzz and the singer played a show, um, and as people were doing back then, you know, had the um, mic cord around his neck and caused a fucking embolism that killed him. Yeah. 
like died young, very, very young story. Truly. Um, young man named Dominic. Um, but I think like this, listening to this, it's like, fuck this. Like to me, I thought this was like the start, like this band could have been something really, really kind of important. And I don't mean like over speak, you know, but I think like, if you listen to this, it just has such a fucking vibe that I think, um, if you know where he, you know where things different, I think they would have. I I would be curious to see where they would have went after this because I feel like I, I think this record's great and I think it's incredibly lost to history and I think that's so. Shame. So when the band came about, um, they were playing locally. They were a local band, you know. Like I don't say that in a dismissive way. Sure. I mean, like, hey, they started and were playing a lot of shows in New England and you know doing the thing. I never saw them. Uh, they were apparently very, very good live. And this record is a really interesting document of the band. Could this band have fit in a place between Defeater and Touche? Absolutely. No question. And yeah. doing doing a little yeah. of their own thing. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, wedge them in there. But, like, they're melodic but aggressive. Um, some suicide yep, file yep, to Some it. rocking parts, some quirky stuff, some stuff that not in that, like... I shouldn't say quirky. I like what Pat's been using that, but I'm not going to steal it. Some off kilter stuff that yeah. works. So I talked about it with a few bands that we've discussed today because there were bands who were trying to do. I think there were a lot of bands looking around at music and hardcore at this time and saying, "Hey, it's cool, but I'm getting a real samey vibe. How do we how do we break out of that? How do we do something a little different?" And I think they did that without it coming off played or too much. And um, and so then there's the question like when this tragedy happens, is their story written in a way that while glowing maybe isn't factual? Like, hey, this band had this bright future in front of them. I can't say that they definitely would have. But when you listen to this record, you hear why people would make that assumption and why people could have you know, um, prognosticated that, hey, this band would have been something and that makes this even harder and these recordings even more vibrant. So uh, that's my spiel on it. Uh, this is the first time I really gave it like heavy, like let me really listen to this. And I was pretty impressed. I stylistically, I'm not reaching for this, but when I think about it in not just 2009, but this time frame, they were doing something of their own, which is pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I just, I, I, I mean, you nailed it when you said, you both said that it's got a bit of an irreverency to it, uh, reverence to it, irreverence to it. And yeah. I think that that's what makes it stand out. I think it's totally capably played. It's, but other, if it wasn't for those odd moments, some of them being uh, really strange vocal choices that I liked, yes. uh, the, I think otherwise, uh, th- this might fall into that, um, that it would be rightfully lost to the era in some ways, not that it's bad. It would just be rightfully lost to the era. Whereas uh, I think that there's something stand out about how like at least two thirds of the songs choose to go in a different direction at some point. Right. That separate them from the modern life is war type stuff or yeah. 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 Okay. Um, Guys help me and stick with me here. Um, Bane. Um, they did a series of EPs in 2009 
Yeah. They're all the name of a city and a time. So Rome, 1258 a.m. Boston, 658 p.m. Los Angeles, 358 p.m. Dublin, 1158 p.m. Tokyo, 758 a.m. Perth, 758 a.m. Curitiba. Curitiba? Couldn't tell you. Curitaba I always thought it was Curitiba. Curitiba, 7.58 p.m. Um, this is, I want to say, a group of about eight or ten songs that they divvied up in kind of unique ways to have labels from the location corresponding with the title and or, uh, you know, uh, based on like going on a tour there or what have you um, with the release. So it was this really ambitious project. Um, I am largely unfamiliar with the material and didn't spend a lot of time with it here. Uh, do you guys have a similar experience to me? Yes. I've never heard any of these songs. Okay. So here's here's how it works, folks. Bane released, essentially released LPs. They did a split early. They did a single early, right? They did the Free to Think and Holy This Moment right. or EPs. Um, but then it's it all comes down to this 99 give blood 2001 the note 2005 then there is a big gap between 2005 and 2014 almost about halfway there is 2009 give or take and they did this series of eps i thought it was cool i thought it was ambitious neat way to sell a bunch of records and not in some greed ass way, not in some bullshit, but in a like, Hey, let's do something creative and fun with releasing these records, these songs. But I also have never, it's, it's hard to, to, to dig them. So, um, and I mean, having seen them after these records came out, I don't know if they've ever played these. Yeah. They're lost on me entirely. Like I was hoping that it would be like sooner or later. Like I remember when these came out, I'm like, I'll just wait for the comp. Right, right. right. Thinking like you're going to get something where it's all of it, you know, like. Right. And it yeah, the, never the, happened. So I, I literally have never heard any, like. Okay. So, I'm, a, I'm a Bane fan. And I. Right. So, heard. okay. This is our call to who should put this out. Triple B should. Or maybe EVR. Fucking EVR. All right. E- equal Vision Records. For real. Who am I talking to right now? Pat, who Dan, am I, who? Dan Sancho. All right, Dan. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Hope all is well. Tom, Bob, and Pat here. Axe to Grind podcast. We're big fans of Equal Vision. Hey. Uh, it is time to release the Worcester 6.58 p.m. compilation of all these songs. Mm. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. It is a rock and roll city for sure. Yeah! The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. And there's also like, they have some rando songs. Ah, they did like a four-way split, I think. Yeah, with Grade and yeah, Between Earth and Sky, some other bands, I think. Yeah. And then they did a split with, I think, I want to say Death by Stereo. Okay. okay. Was was it possibly Death by Stereo? I don't know. It just had like dog tags on the cover. Yes. Uh, Adamantium? No. Oh, Adamantium. it's being Adamantium. Yeah. Adam- on Indecision. Yep. Oh, okay. So, so you I feel could like, do something. Well, maybe Indecision. Dave Mandel. Put it okay. up. Okay. Yeah. So Somebody much. do this just because this is essentially like 
not a lost record. I'm sure there's somebody out there who's like, you fucking assholes. Why don't you listen to it? Yo, it's a pain. We're listening to 40 hours of music. Um, and they don't exist on that's streaming. Right. That's right. Or they were. That's yeah, the worst so, part. I would have given them a shot. I of would course, definitely you know, have listened dude, to them by if now. If these were on streaming, I would be shocked if you hadn't heard them. But like they were just like, it was like, oh, this is like a collector's. And thing. it's at the weird moment. 2009 is a weird moment where piracy online was at an all-time high. But nobody had really figured out the how to. There was no streaming services per se. There was digital, and you could go buy stuff from iTunes. But nobody was buying stuff from iTunes. They were just typing it in Google and saying, you know, yes, mega upload, rapid fire. That was a big part of 2009. So let's not forget Medi- that media fire. Oh God, God bless media, media fire. God bless. Um. So yeah, Bane Worcester 6:58 p.m. Compilation, all this stuff. Somebody make it happen. This one's free. There you go. Um, Shook Ones, the unquotable AMH. Tom, I know that Patrick and I are at least vaguely familiar with Shook Ones. Are you familiar with Shook Ones or had you been before this? I was familiar. Um, them and Singing Ships were also conflated mm-hmm. in my head. 2009 was a weird year. <laughs> no worries. Um, but... Um, I was familiar, kind of, you know, obviously reminds me of yep. Dynamite. Um, really well done. I know they were very popular. Um, I've listened to them more since 2009 than I did in 2009. Yes. Um, is this on Rev? No, this is on, actually, Rev, I believe, may have reissued this recently or is working on it. Um, this came out okay. on Paper and Plastic, which, Patrick, do you remember? I think this is a... Asian man subsidiary? No, I want to say it's the fella from Less Than Jake doing his own thing and for a that's while. That's correct. Yes, it was the, and so uh, yeah, so that that's who originally did it, and Rev did reissue this like this year. So, um, a cool record. I think this is where they grew their sound beyond where they had been with the LP on Rev or the record before that, sixteen, which are both fun records. Um. What I always appreciated about appreciated about Shook Ones was when they would dwell into melodies beyond just the fast paced, because they could do these simple melodies with fast stuff and then break it into something a little more. And the the fella Scott who sang sings for Shook Ones has a much more dynamic voice than I think he he lets on except when he chooses to. And when he does, it's just this great moment. So um, if you like pop punk or you like run for cover stuff or you like the Lifetime Kid Dynamite well of material, you really should check this record out. I think it'll give you something a little left center. And also, you know, even stuff in the um, no idea scene at large. If you like any of that kind of stuff, you should at least give this uh, a spin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pat, any shook one stories you want to share? Uh, 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 <laughs> Scott is the most capable uh, human being in hardcore. Uh, I know that's wow. like a bold statement, but I'm really impressed with him. If there's something that needs to be done in his life, he literally just watches like, I guess he watches YouTube videos. I no confirmation on that. Maybe he just naturally knows this shit, but like <clears throat> he, he's a part owner, owner of a studio. I, Fairly certain he built it himself. One hundred percent did. Uh, uh, he is uh, as a clothing he, brand. 
clothing brand as well as a brick and mortar that he sells that clothing brand from. That's, that's Freeman right. uh, Freeman Clothing Freeman and Jackets. Clothing, and it's been around uh, for a decade now? A decade doing relatively high-end, but Patrick can still afford them, uh, clothing including uh, rain jackets for the Pacific Northwest. That are really uh, nice. Yeah, they are really nice. The brick and mortar. And I, my understanding is that him and I want to say his partner uh, started that company sewing that shit themselves. 100%. So uh, this is just a person that I admire a great deal. I, I like everybody in Shook Ones. I think Shook Ones is, is a, a spectacular group of human beings. Yes. But uh, Scotty is like just this uh, impressive person to me. I don't think I've ever told him that, but he's an, he's an impressive. He'll, he'll hear it on a podcast. Yo, he's I haven't impre- either. He's incredible. What a what a cool human. Did you ever meet his brother? I don't believe I have. Not his twin, but might as well be. Like you see, I thought you were going like, oh to say not as impressive. I was going to say, oh wow. <laughs> no, I'm not starting. I'm not starting smoke <laughs> in the house. I'm not starting Thanksgiving <laughs> beef. But uh, uh, like you see them together, and you're like, yes, you are related. Holy shit. Um, yo, uh, incredible human. Check out this band. Uh, I think that, yo, you know what? Let's play the game really quick. How many monthly listeners does Shook Ones have? Patrick? Uh, 10,000. Tom? 8,500. 2,900. That is a fucking travesty. It could do better than that. Super travesty. Uh, get those streams up, uh, please. All right. Um, Keeping it moving. Piss jeans, king of jeans. Did you guys get a chance to listen to this? Yeah. I tried. tried. All right. Let's hear it. Oh, I can't no. do it. Oh, my God. This is painful. See, I'm in a different place. I think that this is for posers, but it's not bad at all. I think it's like this is for the worst people in the world, but this is good music. <laughs> but, th- but this is good music. Like... Oh. It's just there was a whole thing going on at this time, but this band nails it. I think this record oh. and the record after this, Honeys, are spectacular. Um, oh. Honeys is a little bit more high energy. Um, Pat, Tom, I would actually tell you, give it a couple years, let this burn cool off, <laughs> and then then oh. I might reconstruct surgery. Yeah, on on uh, axe to grind. Four thirty-seven. Yeah, I will. Here. I will say, yo, let's let's oh, check this record shit. out. Um, yeah, I like this record. This is like the Black Flag stuff that I don't like. Oh, that's not okay. Yeah, uh, I'm just like, oh, this is like a slog. Holy fuck! So talking about bands who pull. Yeah, you know what? If you took a band who was like, yo, like, what about some weird SST material plus AMRAP, but also, let's get kind of frenetic. Um, and have a crowd who probably thinks they're way cooler than they should be. Yeah, everyone's in the bathroom doing coke. It's just which is really me. weird because I think if if I'd be shocked if there's not at least one straight edge member of this band, if not more than one. Which oh, is I'm wild. Sure. Didn't they do another band and it was called like Hardcore '88 or something? <laughs> well, so uh, members of Piss. No, one of these types of bands did like a straight up like like a like a tribute hardcore band oh interesting they and i feel like it was like hardcore something maybe not 88 so gets uh the really dude brad from pistines was in the gate crashers and ultimate warriors gate crashers like really good like bostony 80s style hardcore fast kind of ripping ultimate warriors were a little bit more like mm, a little angular than power violency you know um yeah these dudes were all like in 
like all love hardcore from what I know. I don't know all the members, but like these dudes were all part of like the Allen and hardcore kid scene, you know? So, um, yeah. Patrick, why did, why has your band never done a tour with this band? Uh, we've done a show. We've done a show with them. Was it, Uh, was it fun? I wasn't there. Um, (laughs) were were you not allowed to be there? Is that that one? No, no, no. Uh, it, it, it was, uh, it, it, we were recording in Jamaica, so we oh, sent right. uh, other members of Self Defense to play uh, the show. Who sang? Was this a Caroline? It, yes, it is. Damn, I didn't see Caroline uh, Self Defense, and I would like to very much. Yeah, a lot of people enjoyed it more than me. For sure. <laughs> more than they enjoyed me, for sure. Tom, how many times have you seen Self Defense Family? Um, I mean, I would probably say I'm sorry, Pat, less okay. than five. It's all good. How many times has Bob seen Self Defense Family? Three hundred. No, no, no. Because you were on tour. I'm going to say ten. One. What? What? what you, uh, end of year. End of year. End of year. I saw a grip. Oh, okay. Self Defense right. Family. Pat, Tom, the first time I saw Self Defense Family was uh, at the live recording in Philly. And uh, I think I told I told wow. Patrick at the time. I think this is the first time I'm seeing your band at Self Defense, and uh, and both him and Andrew were were quite like really. Huh? How about that? So, so I'm a five thirty eight. I think you guys were self defense mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. With uh, the racism show, right? Tiger's jaw. You're right, right. I saw you guys. I went and saw you after the podcast had already started. I saw you at Brooklyn Bazaar opening <gasps> or playing with right. not Eugene Robinson's band. What was the other fun not band Oxbow you guys played with? No. What was the band? Pat? I don't know. I. Uh, <laughs> You did a a tour. They were kind of like more like I feel like they were an instrumental metal band. Oh, I, I and we would say their name wrong on the podcast. Was that the one that was that the one that Jesus piece played because free dropped? That was <laughs> that was. Think about how weird self defense's uh, shows are. That like we were like, oh yeah, free, and then free dropped, and and we were very happy to have Jesus piece uh, jump still in. in. But like yeah, that should that, for free. That should give you an idea of how varied our. <laughs> No, I don't think it was <laughs> no. that. No, you, I know what you're talking about, Tom. Guy. It was it was an Oxbow, but it was something like that. They were like a New York metalish <gasps> band. You did a whole tour with them, instrumental. I know, but you guys are putting it not literally. You guys are putting me in this weird position where, where you I forgot. Can't remember the, okay. I can't remember the name of the band off the top of my head, so now I feel like a dick. So like, let's just keep it moving. Okay, let's keep it moving. Yeah, you saw them. Yeah, because you guys are going back and forth, like who would headline different places. Yeah, yeah. Not Kralis. Um No, I feel like a dick now. I know it's okay. You can, you can, you can just. Uh, can you make it so it speeds this Jesus. part up? <laughs> like, so, yeah. oh yeah, I mean, of course. I, the, the those, those those dudes were cool. I, I got no. There's no disrespect. I'm no, just not. a little fried from 2009 at the moment. Yeah, 2009 is killing you. No, when this was what, like 2000, 2018 or 19. I'm 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 trying to find it for you, Patrick. Furiously. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm really good either way. I'm more intimidated by the fact that we're only like halfway through 2000. We're, we're moving. We're moving. Sonhat. Sonhat. Thank you. To, um, yeah. Sonhat. Um, okay. 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 Joined by Sonhat in their U.S. tour. So you spent, you toured from Boston at Great Scott all the way through the Beat Kitchen in Chicago. You hung out with these folks for two nice weeks. Dudes. And yeah, clearly, so they really made an impact. Um <laughs> But you can't remember their fucking band name. 
Uh, Tom, I've played a lot of shows. It's it, it's a struggle out here. Oh, what's that like? I've what's seen like? a million faces and I've rocked them all. Let's go. Yeah, can't couldn't name one. Uh, all right, here we go. Cloak dagger, lost art. Uh, I quite like. Yeah, this. I don't know what it's going for. Is this like a rocket from the crypt shit or something? Oh, more like just rock punk, like rock punk. Okay. And I think coming out of Count Me Out, there was several things that that dude could have done and he did this and I thought this was really cool. I thought this was a fucking cool vibe. I was, I was bitter at the time because this got way more press than uh, end of a year. So I, I, I yeah, I mean, the cover's terrible. If we're it's being bad. honest, if I saw this in the record store, I probably wouldn't have bought it. Um, but I thought, um, no, I think this is really fucking cool. I think this is like, you know, coming out of a band yep. like that, you, it would be very easy to just be like, I'm going to do another band like that because people like that. So why not? Why, why change? X members of Count Me Out cool. and Striking Distance doing, yeah. Uh, I mean, a more punk, you know, there's some rock for sure by this point, but their yeah. earlier material is kind of like, not. it's not surf. There's a lot more surf else there, but like a little California punk, a little of the rock from the crypt style, like rocking and, yeah. and uh, you know, um, good, good band, good record. Uh, I believe I tried to sign them to Rev, and it didn't. It didn't work out. There was just kind of that. They also, I think, they signed to Jade Tree, so that made sense. It was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, sure. All right, uh, moving to run for cover stuff. I'm going to say the the record, and if you got anything to say about it, go uh, say it. Or if you don't have much to say, just say go. Agent, awaken their world. As you said, Long cool. Island worth checking out. That's it for me. Yes. Go. Yeah, same. Uh, the Man Overboard Dahlia EP. That's a hard go for me. I don't know what I don't know that. From Atlantic City, kind of doing their own, yeah. you know, being uh, <laughs> out there on South on Jersey. Island. Yeah, right. <laughs> very, very pop South punk. Jersey doing yep. pop punk. Go. Transit, stay home. Cool. Yeah. Fine. Uh, played a sh- played a couple shows with them, I think. Uh, in it, when they were children, legit children. I think they started very young. Yeah, I think people should understand. A lot of these bands were very young at this point. Yeah, uh, seemed like really nice kids. I ran into uh, one of the kids uh, years later and was still sweet. Uh, it, right. So uh, I know that they uh, meant quite a bit to a lot of the uh, Boston kids of a certain age. Yep. Um, I I want to say that they had like a like a true sports stadium song, um, like like I would be surprised if it wasn't written for that purpose. It's, okay. I forget what like the fuck they like played at Fenway. Yeah, it's like that sort of shit. It's like it's like you know, it's it's a ridiculous song. It's like we love drinking Heineken or so, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's something it's something ridiculous, but. Um, <laughs> Really, uh, a nice kid is all I remember. Yeah, went on to be on uh, Rise, Mighty in the Sword, the whole thing. So they they moved through pretty pretty quickly. All right, um, fireworks. All I have to offer is my own confusion. Detroit people. Uh, well done, pop punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, all I really remember is uh, again, nice kids. They uh, uh, played the famous uh, Dane show with us. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and and so a lot of these bands were uh, either hardcore kids who wanted to be – who want, also loved pop punk or pop punk kids who kind of liked hardcore and indie stuff and um, wanted to play 
this post yeah, yeah like wanted to play pop punk but maybe not make a million fart jokes um yeah yeah but this is like like this there was a thing that like newfound glory made it cool to be like hey look i'm i have an x watch but i play yes. pop punk, uh, so. yeah there was a yeah, yeah precisely a split transit man overboard split uh we talked about both those bands uh one of the very first releases on pure noise so there you go mm. um Thank hostage you. calm lens uh, this is my preferred hostage com. I know that they probably would resent that. Sorry, Tom. Uh, they because they got really left field and and mm-hmm. you know clever after this. But uh, yeah. if I, my memory serves me, this is like turning point shit that was pretty good. Definitely more on the hardcore. Yeah, I like the Iron Stage better, but this is yeah, All this right. is good. And um, title fight, the last thing you forget. So uh, I was building to I crescendo here. Here we are. Yeah, that was smart. I'm going to go out on a limb. This is my go-to title fight. I think you're it not was. Alone. It was for a long time for me, and I always thought that yes, it sounded young, but I thought there was something to it that was really charming. Yeah. I still think there's something really charming. But I listened for this episode, and I was like, "This sounds." They're very young. You know what I mean? I was like, "Oh wow!" Like they. I. This is the first time I'm noticing that they sound pretty fucking young. But. Symmetry still pops. Yes. Oh, oh no! I mean, what oh, even yeah. live. Memorial like, Field? Maybe is that one of the that's ones? One of them. I mean, yo, know, the songs. Okay, so here's clear. here's the thing. Let's let's just we'll we'll do, go in. This EP is Symmetry, Introvert. No one stays at the top forever. They had a seven inch before this was Memorial Field, Loud and Clear, Your Yeah, um, or Uriah if you want to read it that. But Your Yeah, um, is that how you supposed to read yeah. that? But they also have a. There's a kid from up there named Uriah, so I, I always read it. Yeah, the dude that was dead in um, path. Dead End Path. Uh, left Dead, dead End path. path. Yeah, um, good kid. Dead head. Good left kid. Left was a title fight roadie, so I always kind of associate. That's but right. No, um, these are all songs they still have to play when they play live, basically. So you know right. that says a lot. Um, great song. Great record. Great record. Great I think Shed's my go-to. Maybe Floral Green. It's one of those. Um, this is excellent though. Like it's just, you can't, it's very, very good. It's undeniable. Um, Yeah. Uh, so shout out. So title fights, that band who, um, they got to a point where you can tell they have fans who put in time and work on their Wikipedia. Okay. Yeah. For example, uh, uh, Ned Russin claims his older brother, Alex Russin is a huge influence in the formation of title fight. Their name came from the cover of an old HBO Showtime guide that Ned had read in the attic when he was younger. It's like, oh, so this is somebody who read interviews and was going in and then adding citations and shit. So, so shout <laughs> out. Um, uh, this this undeniably pops a world. You could tell it was gurgling. Yeah. Uh, Tom, you're you're smart to point out post newfound glory. That's that's for sure. Because that allowed people to be like, well, I really like Blink-182, yep. but like, I don't want to say Post like saves the day. So you saw a little yep. bit of hardcore crossover. There's this connection. Um, post the Set Your Goals, that band Set Your Goals, who I don't – I'm not saying yeah, that, that any of these playlist. bands I just mentioned like them, but, but no. you know, um, Same similar idea, idea from a different space and, and seeing some success there. Um, yeah. Post crime and stereo, crime and stereo. Post, to be honest, post the Long Island thing, where Long Island was doing melodic hardcore. That 
if it didn't uh, <laughs> blow bubbles at pop punk, it bumped up into it. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so you saw that crossover, and uh, this is this is the like this is the oh shit! Like by this point, like title fight played Sound and Fury, and they didn't headline, but everybody knew it was a big deal. It was it was cool. yeah, point. it was really cool. Yeah, like wow, it was. Wow. Uh, I think they had a limited cover for a limited cover for the EP at the show. Don't forget the struggle. Don't forget the beach. Um, uh, so you know, beach sound of fury was pretty close to the beach this year, actually, in two thousand nine in Oxnard. Um, so so yeah, um, I don't really know. Is there anything to say about this record that that? hasn't been said a bunch even by us we've talked about it a fair amount um i think it's like an undeniably important record could i see people not like it for sure i I don't know if somebody who's got a nausea patch on their shirt is gonna be like yeah last thing you forget great record you know but i also wouldn't be surprised do you think it's lost in their discography do i think it's lost in the discography like they play a show fucking next summer. Are kids coming for shed and for like for you know for a yeah, grain? These songs too, or hyperview, and not more more than this. Nah, not more than this. I no, think it's I don't know. these songs still get have to get played in the mix. Um, but it's really interesting. So here's here's the thing to show. Um, how many monthly listeners do you think Title Fight has? Okay, ninety thousand. Good guess, Patrick. Uh, I'll say I'll go the over one hundred three, two hundred eighty nine thousand. Fuck, great for them! Holy shit! Yeah, holy shit is right. So Michael Ford was proud of me when I hit a hundred. Yeah. Fuck! Wait, wait, a hundred thousand? Good, a hundred thousand. Ooh, drug church got a hundred thousand. Let's think. Yeah. Oh, one hundred twenty three. Woo! Nice. Look at you. Yo, that's legit. When the, new, when the new LP comes out, I want to be kissing 200. Kissing 200. Give me a little point. Look at moon. We'll see. We'll see. And now, who is Swain and why are they you, the number one recommended <laughs> band, if you like? Uh, so, uh, European band, very cool people. Okay. Uh, no idea why they are always lumped with us. <laughs> So I don't think they sound like the gouge way. Totally makes sense. Single mothers. Totally don't makes think sense. They sound like fiddlehead, us, but cool people. Okay. So title fight. Last thing you forget. Uh, if there's one record you should hear from man. Okay. I'm going to ask this right now. We're going to, we're going to kind of plow through some faster stuff. Um, Pat, can I say one yes. thing? So like, you know, like the fans also like, it's all, you know, Oh, fiddlehead. Yeah, okay. Makes, Single makes mothers. Sense, sure. Cultural abuse, fury, self defense, family, angel dust, touche, ceremony, meat wave, dead heat. <laughs> so, dead heat is in the top ten of fans. Will also you know like. what? I would do it. To, I feel like we put that into the. They email. don't. It, so I didn't realize I had a beef with dead heat. I forgot because it was manufactured. I wasn't there for it. It was like everybody afterwards is like, "Oh, you did, did, I'm not loving dead heat." I like dead heat quite a bit. Uh, and they came to your, Justin came to your house. And I'm, break it. That's the fact. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, Here's what I'm saying. Uh, Dead Heat, anytime you want to go on tour, we'll do that. Uh, I don't care about the billing at all. Uh, wow, that's good. I'd go to, I'd go the, to that. The, 
DCDH, I like it. We've talked about it. I mean, I think that that's what drug church has got to do, right? Is like got to go out with like high energy bands. I think that's just the move. Got to, got to, got to go. Yeah. Drug church train. Let's oh, make that's it a happen. good one. Um, okay. Um, is there a single record from 2009 that you think someone should hear over Title Fight, The Last Thing You Forget? I'll, I, th- as a matter of just like how my tastes and everything, and also to a degree, though it's now a totally different conversation because of how in isolation it lives, but I would have at any other time said that blacklisted record. I think it is not important in the respect that it influenced anything because in retrospect, it did not. But I think it is important in kind of maybe speaking to some of the, yeah, maybe speaking to some of the frustrations too of that scene at that moment. I think it's cool. So whatever. Uh, but yeah. no, I mean, in terms of impact, I don't know if there's anything we could put above it. No, Tom, you're saying a no. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going over mm-hmm. like the, yeah, I don't really yeah. know. The only thing that would be close would maybe secrets of the world. Maybe the touche record, but I think mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. maybe okay. yeah, painted paint black. Like, probably. I feel like, <laughs> dude, I can't wait to them for them. For, Dance. Okay. Uh, I, I've earned it. I won't be mad at him. <laughs> no, you like, I, I, I'm going yeah, exactly. to move quickly. There is going to be a more complete uh, thing on the Patreon with some deep cut stories, as we've mentioned like 15 goddamn times. If, don't, mm. if you don't have the Patreon, don't subscribe. If you want it, go ahead and do it. We're not trying to push people. It's just the way we're fucking recording this episode now. Um, no Tolerance, Boston Straight Edge 7 Inch. That's cool. Some yeah, people I don't... think of... look. Yeah, Something some people confront. think of this as a religious straight edge hardcore record, like religious experience. Yeah, it was straight edge for like seventeen years by the time this came out, so <laughs> it wasn't. Yo, I uh, here's the thing: <laughs> I like Confront and I like Brotherhood, but they're not in my top level of straight edge hardcore. No, you know, same. Um, this record's really good. Uh, is this the one that Morgado wrote the lyrics for? Yes. I think so. Really? Did not oh, know yeah. that. Let's, hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll get that in there. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he whipped out Chris some, West some lyrics for this. Um, did not realize Patrick, that. did you listen to this one? I didn't, actually. This one, I must have missed it. When you lopped it down from 40 hours to 24. <laughs> I, I actually am curious if you would like it. It's very in, fast. But not in like an infest no. way, in a... Like a very fast, hardcore, hardcore, like straight edge, hardcore way. Yes, hundred uh, percent. Hardcore for hardcore. And DFJ sounds like oh, that's what hits me with confront the most. The oh yeah, like. okay, okay. Yo, do you have a preference between No Tolerance and Mind Eraser, Tom? I'd probably prefer No oh, Tolerance. Interesting. More All right, my, I need you to listen to the first Mind my, Eraser yeah. record because there's mosh parts on there. Because I feel like I I've hate. listened to it. I'm, I'll I'll definitely give it another shot. But I remember being like, okay, yeah, this isn't okay, for me. I understand. But I'll definitely give it a shot. Okay. Um, What's the first one? Uh, yeah, the one you put split out? release with Painkiller, Cave. Yeah, which is one of my favorite Cave, records. Okay. Uh, I, well, of the time. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to just kind of scroll through a little bit here. Um, I like this yes. Mourn record. I don't know what it is, but this is the first time I'm hearing it. And I don't okay. Mourn. So that's interesting. Weight. I missed this one entirely. Okay. So Mourn, let me explain this. Um, uh, the Morn record is really good. I remember this. I think there's a connection to the like tragedy or From Ashes Rise camp generally. Uh, okay. 
Because I thought Boston, I was like, there's no way they ever lived in Boston. Todd Burdett lived in Boston in the mid-90s. And then... Going to Red Sox games, <laughs> fucking hanging. And then I believe was involved in, with some people from there for other stuff. Um, this record actually came out on Feral Ward, which is kind of kind of nuts because it sounds... It's like, it's like doom metal almost, you know? I, I dug it. This is good background, kind of cool music at your yeah, office. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. I, I, cool. I like it. I haven't heard it since it came out, but I remember hearing it at the time and being like, oh, this is not my world, but I kind of like this. Yeah, it's like one of those things. It's like, I would never have sought <laughs> yeah, this out. But I, yeah, I, I, I got it because it won Fair Award and it wasn't what I thought it was. So, okay. Um, Coke bust, lines in the sand. Chris hit us back. I don't know if you want to. Chris oh, yeah, back. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, Unless let's, you want let's, to save let's that do that in a second. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, going to no tolerance real quick. Uh, our buddy Chris from like Eastern Vermont or wherever. Um, <laughs> DFJ hit me up asking for three or four straight edge songs for an edge day thing he was doing. Uh, he wrote three songs in like 10 minutes and lo and behold, no tolerance demo lyrics. I think the BSE DFY one was them, not me, so I don't count it, but the other three. So there you go. Wow. Chris from... Do we know what BSE DFY Boston stands Straight for? Edge Drug Free Youth? Like Boston Straight yeah. Edge. Pretty, uh, pretty on the nose. Really deep stuff. Yeah, yeah. Pretty deep, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> no, good job. Uh, good job. I don't know why. I, could, I probably could have figured that out if I would have sounded it out. <laughs> Some Basidifi. Um that's my new band, Basidifi. Uh Coke Bus Lines in the Sand. A band who I didn't check out for a long time because of the name. Interesting. I loved I there was a they put a record out just before this called Fuck yeah. Bar yeah. Culture. That I was like, yo, I'm Same. into that. And I, I picked up the record and I actually quite liked it and I like this too. Uh, I I was like, Yeah, fuck bar culture. And I was like, Oh, pretty pretty fast though. <laughs> a little too fast uh no, pretty fast, fast but not it doesn't feel like throwback in any sort of way it's it's cool it's cool yeah uh dc band who i don't think it's mentioned a lot um which right. is weird because they, they were kind of popping for a time sure were sure were yeah um okay so we're getting to a little group right here that is what I consider the late era of the no way Records scene uh no way records was out of richmond virginia um the guy who did the band Direct Control, Brandon, who's no longer with us, uh, did No Way Records, did a bunch of comps. Kind of this real, like, no frills, no bones about it, love affair of 80s hardcore. Um, focus on the Midwest sound, some of the Boston stuff, some of the DC, some, some of the Cali stuff, but, you know, think about that style um, for most of this. And this is kind of the end of it. Um, I believe Government Warning and Direct Control both broke up right around this time, maybe even in 2008, and these records came out posthumously, something like that. But um, I'll do these records kind of like how we did the Run for Covery stuff. Uh, if you guys got anything, let's go in on it. Uh, wasted Time Futility. No. I quite like yeah, this. So uh, this is... Yes, so this one is my favorite of this group. Um, yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I really liked it. It's really fucking good. It's, fast uh, so what's, what's interesting about it is that I jumped to government warning because that's the band with the name here. Yep. And 
uh, d- didn't have time for wasted time, but oh. uh, uh, maybe I should have. Go back yeah. and check it. I think you might dig it. It's not. It's not. No, too it's fast not. They, they do some good tempo stuff. This is uh, Mark, who went on to do the label Beach Impediment Records. Still puts out yeah, really gotcha. good records. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mick Anders, who was also in the band Tarpit uh, and Resonance, and uh, some other bands from before them that I won't embarrass him by saying. But uh, shout out to Mick and Mick <laughs> Anders Photography from Richmond, Virginia. Um, yeah, this record's awesome. It. It's fast. Yeah. It's very '80s, but without any of the like tropes. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, no and it feels. Um, yeah, it just the the guitars rip. The songs are quick, efficient. Uh, I actually think some of the lyrical content's great too. Like I just thought it's a great record, um, and just kind of. It feels like the closing. It's the last great record to me of this world. Um, Social Circle, City Shock. I like this. I, I like, like this, this too. One. Okay, this uh, I I really like it. This I never listened to until the last couple of years because somebody's like, "Oh, Social Circle." And I was like, "Yeah, I had one of the seven inches. I thought it was all right." I'm like, "Oh, you got to hear the LP." This reminds me of the faster Big Boys material. So if you like oh. this, you should, yeah, like, I can hear that. Um, it's got a unique vocal thing going on. It's fast, but it's and it's like it's in the direction of California, but it doesn't feel totally Southern California. If that makes sense. No, no, but I can hear. Yeah, very memorable. Okay. I um, and then we have the uh, government warning, paranoid mess, and the government warning executed records. So it's a seven inch and an LP, a seven inch and a twelve inch. Um, this isn't government warnings best work, but I do like it quite a bit. Um, well, hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. It's almost too okay. Yeah, I, I know that this. I know that this is iconic stuff. Or an iconic band, if not the iconic records, but for sure, uh, for, for some people, this this never struck me, and I was hoping to get it this time. I didn't. My favorite material by Government Warning is the first seven inch, the No Way It Out EP. I just think it's great. Um, I believe there is. Oh, this is really funny. There's like a crazy amount of pressings. Uh, Twelve different color sleeves, pressings of five hundred each. Blue, white, red, green, yellow, gray, pink, neon green, orange, black. Stop what you're saying. Crazy. So uh, that's their best material by my estimation. Yep. Pat Turner. But it's it's good. Fast. Um, how do I put this? This is DC and Midwest in a blender, I think. Uh, 
And then the yeah. final one, Direct Control Farewell. Again, not my favorite Direct Control material, but I actually like the production here. Um, you guys might also know Brendan Farrell was the original drummer of Municipal Waste, which is kind yeah, of a funny yeah. thing. So he left Municipal Waste to do Direct Control and did that uh, largely for the rest of his time. Um this is a good record, not great. My favorite material is their demo, which was re-released as a on a compilation of the Bucktown Hardcore, a compilation that Tank Crimes did, which is really good. I think they this is a band who had a uh, let's see, let me see how many songs is their demo. Their demo was like a like fucking twenty song demo or something like that. Like it was, but it's good. It's all like you know minute, minute and a half long yeah, songs, yeah. that kind of shit. So, um, really, really good. All right, so that was fast stuff. Um, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of other stuff. I'm going to skip ahead here. Let's see here. Oh, I feel we skipped some fast. Oh, which, which stuff? Which stuff? Because I want to hit. I'll, I like the Never, okay, healed never healed. Let's talk Never Healed. This is the Never Healed self-titled 7-inch that was released by Painkiller. I dug that. And I dug the... I dug. Um, I like the failures. Which stuff. is... Oh. First time I'd ever failures heard that. put me in a position because Will Killingsworth plays, and th- yep. that's that's a guy I've known for 150 years. Want to support everything he does? Didn't enjoy this. I I couldn't get into it at all. I really like. Um, it. I like the 12 inch material more than the seven inch. This is Mark McCoy and Will Killingsworth. Other members of this band went on to do Exit Order, Cut the Shit and Bones Brigade, Green Beret, and Chain Rank. Uh, all. Bands who are right. at least noteworthy in the faster punk side of things. So, yeah. um, I thought the obliterations, obliterations, cool. uh, members of Mind Eraser and Knife Fight. Obliteration is the singer of Knife Fight doing this kind of band. Um, good right. seven inch. I think they did a twelve inch later. It's kind of they're going for like a UK kind of thing. Like not UK. I shouldn't say that, but like discharge influenced American hardcore. That, that's a better way to put it. I'd say. A little okay. bit of D beat in there. Um, the regulation stuff was cool. Were you familiar with re- regulations Sorry. before this? This is the To Be Me EP. I only knew the name. I wasn't familiar, but this is the band that was like, if you said they played, you know, 1982 in fucking Redondo yeah. Beach, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, it makes you sense. You know where they're from? Umia. Yeah. Dude, they fucking nailed the vibe perfectly. Patrick, do you want to say some negative shit here? Go. Um, they uh, this band taught me that nothing matters at all. So maybe that's maybe they're good. Maybe it's a, you know they're cool in that respect because uh, they were Albany had like a little bit of a punk scene for this type of stuff coming out of the uh, kind of the post devoid of faith uh, scene where there was like kind of like a drunk punk basement thing going on. Yes. Um, and oh, this, this is an stuff, LP by the way. I'm sorry, I misspoke. I said seven inch. This was. Uh, really hyped uh, because they had a tour that was coming through. Uh, I don't know who would have been responsible in Albany for kind of getting some of these, getting like some of the bands that were kind of from away or, you know, what, whatever. Um, Probably. Nate, I don't right? think he was doing it at the time, but no, I could be wrong. Could have been somebody um, else at that point. So long story short, uh, this band was kind of hyped up among some of the Albany people they played. They truly sucked. And, uh, I heard somebody go, Oh my God, that was awesome. And I said, nothing matters. Holy shit. 
I, I said marketing wins. There's nothing. It, 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 Band in fucking, a ba- basement. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Now that's <laughs> can't play your instruments. Now that said, I probably saw him on a bad night because I I like this record on on this listen. So the yeah, records, but all right, records bad. very good. Um, you you know what? Very really, good. it didn't hurt that we listened to it in this mix of other records because where a lot of the sure. more like fast pitch hardcore stuff feels samey, this feels like in left field. So um, as we did this list, there's a good amount of fast hardcore, some of the more punk stuff here. Anything that fell outside of the 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 main riff lines felt really fresh. Oh God! So um, I'm glad I didn't want to. I didn't know if you guys would have the time for this. Uh, I actually think this record is better than the self-titled Regulations LP, which got a lot more hype and excitement, in my opinion. So. Um, yeah, I thought this was cool. Never listened to it. Yeah, I think I this one. Yeah. I think this is catchy enough that if you like California punk inspired stuff, and also if you like some of the like Scandinavian stuff of this era, um, or like the like Gorilla Angreb, uh, this kind of stuff, this should this should find a place in your your record collection. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, so we did regulations. Let me see. I, I don't want to skip on any of this other stuff that you really. Sorry, I'm just very proud of myself. I, that yeah, I got. I I'm very excited about that. Um, okay, so. I th- uh, so, so Bob, I wouldn't tell you how to run things, but I'm going to say that we're we're going to be approaching the four kind of a, a, a no. I wasn't even thinking the time. I was just thinking there's adjacent. some adjacent here. We're going to, but s- it would. I think we're going to skip like some of the like. Here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna skip. Oh, you don't, you, some you don't, you don't want to talk about a job for a cowboy? No, okay. I want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> so, that show we're gonna skip through some of this stuff and save it. Um, we're not. We're gonna talk about the youth attack stuff somewhere else. Salvation of unforgiving wind, vile gash, cult ritual, not Nazi dust. Do you want to say anything about this stuff, Patrick? Yeah, I saw some of this in New York. Um, I've shit on this stuff so thoroughly on our podcast, and now I'm gonna do a, a face turn and go. I'm sure those kids had fun. Face turn. All right. Um, some of this stuff was getting saved. All right. Uh, the killer, not all who are lost. Burly, not my bag, yeah. to be honest, but there were certain parts I was like, oh, okay. Like this, I get why someone really liked this. Um, Cold as life vibe. I, the recording hurts yeah. it a yes, little it bit. Does. But I think, like, I mean, these dudes are fucking Chicago. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for, for a certain generation of Chicago hardcore or and a certain like kind of part of mm-hmm. this is, these are the Kings. A- absolutely. It, it's almost like Tom, it would be difficult to explain to some of our listeners how this is just like, like good feeling. I grew up on it music for some of our other listeners. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Chicago has got a very varied yes. scene. So like whoever's listening to like, you know, like, Whoever, you know, all the Crudos, more team yeah. bands, probably not fucking Maybe with not. the killer Maybe and vice not. versa. But like they have their own fucking bloodline in Chicago. Oh, oh, yes, I think there might be a lot of bloodlines um, at a killer show. Uh, Wisdom and Chains, everything you know. <laughs> Do you ever listen to a Wisdom and Chains record and go, oh, this this is this is bad. Like, I, I think this is like one, they're competent Two. It's pretty up tempo. It's always faster than I remember. It's very anthemic, so it yeah. doesn't always catch me. But I'm like, yo, like in a different. This is this is like, 
in a different world, this band, or if this band came around 10 years earlier, they could have been H2O. You know what I mean? And don't say that in a mean way. I mean, they do I don't the say second, but I'll sing along thing. Yeah. No, no. Uh, no, I think this is more hardcore than H2O, yes. but like, I feel like they do like the like anthemic, like that era of Sick of It All that does like the like almost street punk Sick of It All era. Because then, then Sick of It All kind of got yes. more metallic. But I feel like there's a certain like early aughts Sick of It All that's very like, or late 90s, early aughts that is very kind of oi inspired on mm-hmm. some parts. And I feel like that's kind of. I think they really know made. how to mix it and, and kind of like add that yeah. melody from the oi or like street punk thing but keep it really straight yeah. into hardcore um i'm pretty sure i think the record before this one yeah class war is the one that became the classic because it has the song land of kings you've never seen anything until you've seen them in play that song in Jesus within the Christ. pennsylvania borders it's incredible uh, the lyrics to straight edge dad are totally deranged <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. So Pat's not. <laughs> I, I didn't say it was bad. I I back it. I mean, this is a song I'd sing along to, but it, they're fucking crazy. Is like, Wisdom and Chains, uh, Pennsylvania, sick of it all? Oh, you know what? I, yeah, I could oh, ride with that. Um, I think they'd be into that. This this is so. Okay. You reading the lyrics? Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yo, I was largely charmed by this Wisdom and Chains record. It's probably not something I'm going to reach for, but here's the things I'll say. Really well played. It's catchy. The songs almost never, almost never, there's one song that's about five minutes, almost never outlive their welcome. Um, yeah. And for a record that's got a lot of songs on it, it moves. Yeah, I wasn't mad at all, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Unholy new life behind closed eyes. This one's lost on me, guys. Yeah, so this is yep. JD from The Promise and everybody. To me, this is what I imagine Lamb of God oh, sounds okay. like. Yeah. So uh, this guy is given credit. Uh, a lot of people in Albany really and <clears throat> Close Casket might have put this out, but they put he, he's put out some uh, other. Uh, he's put out some unholy record. Um, this is uh, uh, Jonathan Dennison, who I think we've talked about now runs a, I say oddly because I didn't know it was a market. It's not a disrespect to him. An oddly successful uh, label that, like yeah, that, movie, well, right? they, it's horror narration with, with accompaniment. So it's like telling horror stories with, with sound, like, I don't listen. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Back in the day, like for Halloween, there used to be a nine hundred number. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And he's he's, and it'd be like some fucking fake Vincent Price guy being like, oh, and then the balloon burst. <laughs> I, 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 I think Jen- Dennison's thing is a little a little higher end than that. But the yeah, it definitely is. It definitely. I. Uh, this is no disrespect to him. In Albany, people would say, yeah, he plays like he has lobster claws. Uh, for hands because oh, he, yes. he's, he's like, I don't know, like the palm mute King, basically like it, it, he, uh, yep. his style of playing is really interesting to watch because it's not, he plays, he's a very good player, but he does not seem very interested good. in shredding at all. He seems much more interested in just like 
a, a, a heavy, <laughs> like a heavy open part. And uh, he's, he's added a lot to a lot of bands. I think he actually did a, a stint in uh, Acacia Strain because they, they respect the fact that he is a pioneer of the lobster claw. Uh, so uh, kind of an, this one is lost to time for sure. Uh, but I think more people that in our listenership who kind of like that intersection of, uh, yeah, Lamb of God would be it, but also you could be into Denison's work. I think he was in Santa Sangre. You could be into, uh, that era of his career and also be totally into this. And his label is called Cadabra Records. Uh, Check that out, everybody. Uh, Cadabra Records is part of the permanent collection of the li- Library of Congress. Fucking A. <laughs> so uh, 60 releases in under five years. Um, it's the first label to cater exclusively to weird fiction. Cadabra takes care to present classic horror stories by the likes of H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Allan Poe, and Thomas Ligotti in a dynamic and original way while respecting their historical importance. The stories are brought to life by an eclectic mix of extraordinary voice actors that include Andrew Lehman, Anthony D.P. Mann, Lawrence Harvey, John Padgett. God bless, man. They, and then with world uh, atmospheric musical scores by world-class composers such as Fabio Fritzi, Maurizio Guarini, Adam Amorte, Chris Bazone, and and many others. Wow. that's, that's a, cool. This shit is cool as hell. Like when I hear um, – listen, anybody – uh, anytime we can give you a shout out when you do something completely different than what we know or understand, yep, very happy to do it. So Love that it. goes to, equally for Sc- Scotty that does Freeman uh, in Seattle to uh, Jonathan Dennison who does Cadabra yeah. Records. Shout out to everybody who's doing their thing. A sidebar since we've been chatting a long time. Why hasn't someone done a twang beatdown band and called it the Appalachian Strain? It's a great question. Ooh. That's that's our our side project band. I'm playing bass, so um, I'm gonna see about Mountain yeah, Dew. Yeah, please. That's the al- that's the next album title, Mountain Dew. Um, all right, guys. Uh, job for a cowboy, ruination. This is just death metal. All right. Yeah. Yes, and this was fucking huge. For, with people that you were like, you don't listen to death metal. No, you listen to John yes. for a cowboy. This is a band that would be like, oh, you wear, you make like booty shorts with John yeah, for a yeah, cowboy yeah, yeah, across yeah. the bottom. Like it just didn't make any fucking sense, but it was really popular. Really popular. Yeah. Weird era. All right. Weird, weird. Because like this doesn't make sense, but like it would, it would bring people that would be like, oh, you like DSI? And people are like, what are you talking about DSI? <laughs> like they have no, there was no crossover to like Not actual. No death no. metal, and then they tr- and then they, they tried to cross weird, over, and yeah. they probably hurt themselves in some way. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> suicide silence, no time to bleed. Not a thing to say about this. I got nothing. Very popular in a minute. It's fucking That's all bad. Um, a mure felony. Uh, send this into outer space as as a time capsule of 2019. 20, 2009. Uh, yes, whatever. I mean, I like that the first one was called Sunday Bacon. Yeah, that's true. There's certain parts on it where I'm like, oh, okay, this is just like thuddy, bad metalcore. Like, bad. yeah, you're like, oh, it's Gr- it's Grimlock, and then you're like, wait a second, why is it Tool? And then he's like, got a weird. I don't even want to call it rap because it's not complex enough to be rap. It's just uh, rhythmic back and no. forth. That's bad. Wait, everyone, go watch this dude in the studio. 
it is the most entertaining thing I've ever, fu- I, I do it in the studio. I, what he does in the studio, I do in the studio as a gag, literally every time I'm in the studio, <laughs> he covers his face and stomps around and goes <clears throat> like the, the line is, Oh God, this can't be happening. And he covers his face as I hate you uh, so much. yo, you've got to watch this clip. It's, so this dude, I don't know this dude. I got no beef with this dude. He got electrocuted, which is very funny because he survived everybody. But uh, that was very funny. And the oh, that video. And, oh God, this can't be happening. <laughs> so good. What are you thinking? Oh God, two thousand nine. You know it's good when we're going in on a muir. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Two thousand nine was obviously shot. Throwdown, deathless. This is so yep. Pantera. This sounds nothing like if you're like, I like Throwdown. No, you don't because you don't think this is not what this you think that sounds like. Yes. So Pantera. It's like. And so unnecessary, you know, like, well, man. Why would anybody think that we need a new Pantera? <laughs> Yo, you really like Pantera too, right, Patrick? Like there's no, one, I don't know. Okay. No, I, I've now, I, I now have an appreciation for down. Pantera okay. still largely misses me. Okay. 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 Wow. Um, okay. But yeah, he's going for the whole fun somewhat things without the yeah. sketchiness. Ruckus, human po- pollution, which uh, to be fair, Ruckus doesn't belong here. Really, I was going to say, how did this end up here? It doesn't belong here. No, this was just yeah, in the just, list. It of, was yeah. that was on me. I, I made the list. I was trying to. It was the uh, heavier, but I don't totally have a place for it. What can I do here? Um, do you think most people who've heard Twitching Tongues have heard this Ruckus record? No, no. Unless they're from they're from the from San Fernando Valley, yeah. Do you think they should? Yes. This is cool. Yeah, they they could they could probably they're skip young. it. They could probably skip it. I think there's a couple elements where it's hinting at what they would start doing later. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying it's what I want to hear, but it's not. No. I think these dudes came a long way from where they started with this band and even further from, I mean, they were like nine. Yeah. yeah I think killing it for nine. nine yeah, I think they were still yeah, streaking their maybe. underpants at this point. So good for them. Um, dance, Gavin dance, happiness. I got nothing. Makes me want to, the name makes me want to hurt myself. Please give us a will yeah. actually on this one, Patrick, just pretend you like it for comedy sake. All right. Fuck it. I think it's, I think that this is, uh, uh better than, uh, some girls by the Rolling Stones. Uh, this is, uh, this is a really important record. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, every time I hear it and I hear it every day of my life because I intentionally put it on, and I listen to it and I don't steal it. I put it on Spotify so that I can hopefully give the band some money cause I care about them. Uh, I feel, uh, in, in big yes. and, yes. and, and empowered and more alive. Which, which one do you like better? Strawberry Swisher part one or strawberry Swisher part two? Uh, two, I feel uh, it, it kind of kicks up the aspirational aspects uh, of uh, both the lyrics and the music. Yes. And uh, kind of just sends me, to be honest, as the kids say. 100% facts. Facts. Uh, don't tell Dave in between the two. Just beautiful. Like, I just, they, they did a great job. Um, perfectly sequenced record. Uh, kind of inspired everything that's happened since then. Um, can I just point out that embiggen is a made up word? <laughs> And it's embiggen, a made-up word from The Simpsons, has officially landed in the dictionary. From Doe to Dorcas Malorcas, the English language owes a lot to The, the Simpsons, particularly when it comes to made-up neologisms. Oh, there you go. Um, 
Uh, here's some demos that came out this year. The Crazy Spirit demo. Uh, our buddy Paul, Seattle Paul, Gone But Not Forgotten demo. Dead and Path oh, yeah. demo. The Nightbirds demo. <clears throat> Battle Ruins demo. Battle Ruins demo. It's really good. Really good. Yeah. Uh, Very catching. Uh, now I remember when they did that show in Boston. I was like, "Who the fuck is Battle Rooms? And why is like why is it sold like, out a year in advance? Buying tickets? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right." Then I was like, "This yeah. must be something." And then I, yeah, this the, is really cool. The best. You, you know, you did I skip. To, oh no, no, we're going back to it. We're going back to Pat's. It. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> the mob mentality demo, which is uh, basically like the L J give intent, Mosher's delight, shining light, folks, um, and. For the World of Beatdown, this is the 2009 gave us the World of Pain demo. Sure. Almost certainly a CDR demo. Or maybe even professionally made CD demo, you know? Yeah, 2009, we're still doing CD demos. Um, I'm going to skip a few of these things, but what I'm not going to skip is the best Earth Crisis record, Earth Crisis to the death. <laughs> the best Earth Crisis record. Scum metal. Is this the best Earth Crisis record? Yes or yes in green. Wow. <laughs> scum metal. Yeah, yeah, very scum metal record. hundred um, percent. I I think it's completely unembarrassing record, which is awesome. I mean, it's embarrassing. This a reunion What's record? That? Yeah. This is the this reunion, is the reunion record, record yeah. correct? Let me see. Um, yeah, I believe so. Well, no. Is this the second reunion record? Hold on. There, I thought this was the first one. Hold on. In the meantime, there, so others there, live. I have two things Demented that I want. technology to. devised for the slaughter. Sentient beings' blood spills in frigid water. Harpoons pierce flesh and bone. Explosives detonate. Senseless killings continue. A sickening fate. Yeah, stop fishing. Okay, Very you got catchy. it, Tom. What do you got? No, two things that I wanted to mention that I liked. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get them after this Earth Crisis. Patrick, you said, is yeah. this the first or the second reunion? It's record? the first. Yep, so this is it. Um, what did you think when they put this out and crushed all of the material they released in the 90s? <laughs> I'll be honest. I was very scared, and I did not listen to one of my favorite bands. For a long time. Uh, for a while, uh, mm. being like, and then I was like, I got to give it a shot. And I think it is. So look, if you think Earth Crisis is embarrassing, this is embarrassing. But if you think Earth Crisis rips, this is a totally valid contribution to their discography with a couple songs that are actually worth playing into a set and are f- cool as shit. So I'm a fan. Uh, as someone who's not an Earth Crisis fan, I think this is probably their most listenable record to jump off the boat with. Interesting. Just because it's... Jump off the boat with um it's uh it's obviously it doesn't have the personality or like the iconicness of some of their material, which I think sounds worse, but it sounds yeah. really it's easy like you can hand this to any kid in two thousand twenty one and they're not going to be offended now the question is will they be curious can it carry enough to make them curious to check out the older material that I can't speak on. But it's not. It's honestly, if you're a fan of Earth Crisis, this record uh, certainly shouldn't bother you, in my opinion. Yes. Tom, what do you got? You know what? Going back through the list is far more than I thought I was going to say. Okay, you want to keep it going? All right. There are a lot of bands in here that I was like, this is really good. Uh, Let's do, yeah, let's do Cheap Tragedies, which is volume. Really like this record. Um, uh, Shockingly, 
good, like fun, but not corny Tony Erba project from 2009? I was going to ask. I don't. I didn't have any history. I was like, this must be Ohio. With songs like Jesus Just but Left But I didn't Cleveland. know why. Yeah, right. Weekend at yeah. Benoit's. <laughs> was- Is Cheap Tragedies some sort of a wrestling reference? I mean, uh I mean, we we can definitely. Well, well, I mean, and Gordon Soli, motherfuckers. Is, so, uh, so Tony Erba, uh, Project Rockin' Punk Hardcore. But like, great. Again, this is this is the year where a lot of this stuff, like when I think of rock and punk hardcore stuff, a lot of times I want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, this doesn't. This is fun yeah. and it's good and it totally went under my radar. Same. I, I, dug, I dug it. I think so. So uh, anybody who likes any Herba projects, um, but is, you know, like this is not Nine Chalks Terror. But you, if you like those bands, you probably won't hate this. You know, this is good. All right. Um, yeah. The next one we have here is the Trevit Cadet Imisen Poika Pedon Poika. Anything? Mm, nothing. I like that. Tariq Cadet is a uh, Swedish, uh, or maybe Finnish, uh, legendary Scandinavian hardcore band. Um, Finnish, that's right. Their early material, let me see if I can. Their very early material is kind of like, but they've been putting out records for a long time, like since 19. Oh, first record, 1980. How about that? No shit. Um, If you like this, Tom. I would recommend skipping around in a bit of their catalog. Some really good stuff in there. Their early, early stuff, maybe step, stay away from, but uh, I'm going to get uh, Punk Rock Dave in here, and he'll give you some Tribute Cadet recommendations. Yeah, it's like one of the, these are one of those, like this type of music, I'm almost never offended. No, me neither. Like I would listen to this all day, every day, as compared to like even like mediocre like metal. Agreed. I was listening. I was listening to late era Os Rotten the other day, and I was like, oh, "You know what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, nope. I'm go. I'm going for this before I go for any like, cra- like shit, mid- middling to bad." I mean, I think core. we're all on the same yeah, page agreed. too. Yeah, it's it's, and I mean, the, the, and I'll even say I mean, that to yeah. certain certain meat and potatoes hardcore, like like modern. It, same. It just yeah. this has a little bit more personality to it and gives me something more to, to listen to. Yeah. Just good. Um, all right. And sure. let's see. I have, you want to talk about Dr. No killing for God? I've got to be honest. Didn't realize they were putting out records. No, oh, nor did I no. expect it to sound. I thought it was compilation stuff because I was like, it sounds old. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't got anything on. Oh, God. Legendary, yeah, just never, never really. Me. All right, Tom. There's other stuff, but I don't. I want to wrap it. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about? Because sure. we'll, we're going to save the discographies and the true adjacent shit for the Patreon. I like the broken patterns. Oh, right? did we not get on those? I, I skipped over that. No. Okay, so broken patterns. Um, that and and one other. I liked the time to escape. Uh, I didn't I even talk about time to escape. I love time those. to escape. So. Uh, Time to Escape, DC band. Um, Patrick shared members with Force Forward, Rich Miles. Oh, no shit. Um, 
really, really good. good. Did a demo I, that maybe is better I'd than that EP. I've never heard before. Oh, wow. Like, I've never even heard of the name. I just really short-lived. Me. I believe Grave Mistake did that 7-inch. Um, but really good. I don't, think, I don't think I ever saw them. I think they only played in... You know, Richmond to DC, Mid Atlantic. They might have done some shows up. I think they played sure. a little bit with the No Way scene, but um, I really, I really love those. The demo and seven for that band are awesome, awesome. Um, really cool. Broken Patterns really like is SoCal punk band featuring Paul Delia from uh, Tear It Up and Cut the Shit, uh, and oh. Dillinger Escape Plan, of course. Um, did some did time that. doing uh, lights for Dillinger, actually, like way back, which is really uh, might have okay. been. There might have been the first light guy for them. Um, the Broken Pattern Seven Inches uh, were both on Six Feet Under. They did an LP later on that is really good, and I believe might have a different singer, but is similar if you like it. SoCal Punk, I think, also maybe the singer of Knife Fight John did some time in Broken Patterns, but I don't know about that. So. Oh, okay, but yeah, this was both very cool. Didn't was not familiar with either band, and I was these were like towards the end that I was like, yeah, it was really fun. There's a few more in here. That Some of like, the stuff really business picked like. up. So, so uh, what we're recommending for the 2009 year in hardcore is balance your diet. Get some of the faster stuff in because it will make some of the more straightforward stuff feel less samey. Uh, any and- closing thoughts here, guys? Yeah, actually. That's your boys, Amir. Just doing a little in the studio stuff for you. Thanks, Pat. <laughs>